Hi, friends. So before diving into today's really exciting and fun Beyond the Grave episode, I think it's pretty clear by now with most of our social media timelines that fatigue has set in. So in the hopes of reigniting that flame a bit, we have another round of links and suggestions that we want to throw at you guys, you know, who are interested in fighting the good fight. Um, to start off, I think by now we're all aware of our current president's attack on the U.S. Postal Service. Um, and, you know, it's a clear form of voter suppression. So we just want to encourage y'all to go out, buy stamps, buy some cute USPS merch, call your representative, sign a petition, you know, push for more ballot drop-off boxes. Um, a quick Google search can direct you to a list of organizations fighting against that voter suppression. I know that the American Bar Association has one. And, um, you know, with the election coming up, if you are comfortable doing so and eligible, um, uh, consider volunteering. You know, as far as I know, I'm pretty sure that there is a huge need uh, for volunteer poll workers right now, especially with the strain of the pandemic. So, you know, do your part. The second thing I want to throw at you guys is I have been following the Latino Community Foundation on Instagram. Um, and as of right now, they have reopened their NorCal Wildfire Relief Fund. So with the current fires in California... Uh, throughout the month of August, you know, there have been a lot of Latin and immigrant families who uh, could use a lot of our help right now, especially since, you know, they are out there um, ensuring that we all can eat. <laughs> um, you know, in California, Latinos make up about 71% of the workforce, you know, in vineyards and other agricultural businesses. Um, so the fund that I just mentioned, the NorCal Wildfire Relief Fund, um, gives money to a few organizations um, for, I believe, for this round, the Corazon Hellsberg um, Group, the North Bay Organizing Project, um, ALAS, and a group called Puente de la Costa Sur. Um, and all of these different um, organizations support uh, Latino and immigrant families with rehousing, emergency financial aid, resource referrals, um, and things like that. So dealing with fire, dealing a pandemic, and having to go out there um, and work on these fields um, is pretty tough. So do what you can. Um, yeah, and I believe Abby has another resource I, for us. I do want to jump in and just draw some attention to two different organizations um, for racial justice and black trans lives. The first one I want to talk about is SNAP, which stands for Solutions Not Punishment, and it's a black, trans, and queer-led organization based in Atlanta, Georgia. It's focused on ending the mass crisis of criminalization um, for sex workers of color and trans sex workers, as well as gender-based violence against the community, and it's self-run by queer and trans black people. I highly recommend checking out their website and also donating if you have the means. Um, and then I also want to bring attention to the Advancement Project, which is a multiracial civil rights organization. They're focused on issues of voting rights, educational justice, policing and criminalization, immigrant justice, and the school to prison pipeline. You can read about all of these issues on their website, as well as see all of their current and past campaigns. 
highly recommend putting your money there as well. Like Abby just mentioned, you know, donating donating may not be a feasible option for most folks right now. So if you can't financially contribute to any of these groups, I hope that, you know, you'll just consider sharing these links amongst your friends, family, online circle. And at the end of the day, I think that some good will come out of that. Um, this is the first time Tom and I have ever spoken. Yes. Um, I feel like you're my first official internet friend. And I just have to say, I feel like you have created such an incredible community on Twitter. Of just adoring, adoring friends. And I feel like I can only compare it to, exactly, fans. I can only compare it to maybe Catherine McPhee or Jojo Siwa. I feel like... (laughs) Mm. Who are those? <laughs> uh, oh, oh, is Jojo Siwa the child? Is that that's a baby? Yes, that's, that's a, well, that's she's not a full baby, but she technically okay. is a large child. I mean, she's taller than all of us, like including mm. you. And she could take like us all out. Six foot. I have a policy where I don't talk about children who are on the internet. I think that that's really that's a good one. And I, have I think more people you. should practice that policy. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, no, I also I think, think I think in general, oh, sorry, hold on. We're still loving on Tom, but I, but the fact that Tom's initial reaction was to say all of those shows were dog shit, I feel like Roberto and Abby need to give a little bit of context about this podcast and what your objectives are so that I think it would definitely help them be on the same page. Oh, we we chose Tom for this episode for a reason. We weren't expecting him to like walk <laughs> into this with like, an enthusiasm for Lucy Hale. <laughs> like, if we wanted that person, we could have picked someone else, right? Um, true. But yeah, I mean, on Dearly Departed, we recap TV shows that were canceled after one season, and we don't yeah, okay. we don't do cult classics and beloved shows. Mm. We do shows that were largely ignored for good reason, and we watch <laughs> them since nobody else will. I will say when we did come up with the idea to do the Lucy Hale special, it just hit me. I was like, who is the person who no one will expect us to ask to be a guest on this <laughs> on this specific topic? You know, I feel like Tom is gonna really have some some incredible some things opinions. to say about yeah, Lucy. I, I don't think she's talentless. <laughs> like she clearly has had a career. And it seems to be a pretty good actress. It's just, man, does she read what she like before she agrees to do stuff? Or like, do you think she just goes sight unseen? The thing is, Tom, that for me, <laughs> Lucy Hale, you know, when I, when I think of her, am I thinking about her talent? Maybe no, largely <laughs> no. But there's okay. something about her. There's a star power, you know, to me, in a similar way that Joey King has star power to me. Mm, but Joey King mm. is talented. 
Well, she's is that another opinion. child? Is that <laughs> another, another baby? Yeah. Well, no, actually, she's no, 20. no, no. She's she's an adult. She's an adult. Oh, okay, okay. I'll discuss. But you know what? She <laughs> was she was at one point a child. Whilst yeah, you as, were an as adult, we as we all were, yeah. <laughs> While we were adults, she was a child. However, she has now made it to adult oh, status. She's exclusively. She yeah, she's, she's also an... exclusively played children. I think that's an important distinction. She yes, plays she teenagers. played. She yeah, she played the one, the girl who got poisoned by her mom. I saw that. I saw parts of that show. Yeah, yeah, that was a good show. Yeah, yeah, it was act. good. Trisha Arquette. Ah. Uh, well, I know you're a freak for Patricia Arquette. Tom. Oh man, dude. She, okay, we can. Do, I could do a whole episode on her. Do you want to just give us a little like? Just tell us how you feel about Patricia Arquette, real quick. Uh, well, did you did you watch? Uh, she was in this. She she did great in this. The Escape from Danamora with Paul Dano. I and, haven't uh, seen that yet, but I know how much you love yeah. Paul Dano. It's great, and she she won like a, a Golden Globe, I think, for it, and she was just showed up with like the most low cut dress ever. Oh, I saw that. I saw accepted. that acceptance speech. <laughs> yeah, she was just, lo she was loaded. I don't Wasn't know she wearing was... sunglasses? Yeah, she was wearing yes. transition lenses. Like not even, <laughs> like they were like the blue. That was honestly top 10 days on Twitter for Tom Like that oh, after being awards. released. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. just tits, transition lenses and wisdom. I think Tom actually quote-tweeted, I think Tom quote-tweeted that picture of her, like, maybe six separate times with different comments. <laughs> I'm just like, who among us can do this? And clearly he's like, still thinking about it. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the pictures right now. <laughs> Dude, I mean, the, she, she was, she was throwing her fastball in that picture. It I was an unbelievable. <laughs> um, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I'm just gonna search Patricia Arquette dress, and yeah. I found it immediately. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> Does it stand yeah, the test think, of time? Uh, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like it was like earlier this year. Yeah, it was. It was definitely really <laughs> recently. I mean, this pandemic has felt like a lifetime. So it's it's <laughs> certainly changed fashion, but I don't think the, it's changed yeah, Patricia. But then, what's nuts is that when you look up specifically Patricia Arquette low-cut dress there's like 12 really solid examples that come it's up called like consistency jesse well, she oh believe me believe me i know <laughs> she I'm has well amazing <laughs> i mean she has an amazing body i have i love to see it wait how do i i'm oh. certainly not complaining because she's got some low-cut dresses but then she also has some medium cut dresses but with the hoist where she's really got the girls yes, hoisted yes. Yeah. which is an amazing hoisted. it's an amazing look it's very sort of medieval Hold on. i'm actually dropping the photo in the chat right now oh yeah let's <laughs> let's look at it as as a whole <laughs> i just read that as patrick arquette <laughs> this is it, believe it or not this is how the picture was labeled on google i did not change the file name <laughs> <laughs> What is Patricia it? Patricia Arquette Globes Rant 1.jpg. <laughs> I, I just dropped it in the chat if everybody wants to take oh, a, wow. a, a gander. I don't remember I don't I don't remember naming it that when I uploaded it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she looks great. 
Um, can we like? Yes, we can. can, No, can we like do it? No, I just want you guys to introduce yourselves because I was gonna do an intro on y'all, but like I think you could probably introduce yourselves. Wait, but hold on. What was the intro gonna be? Because now, yeah, oh no, I I didn't. It's not like I we don't script. I didn't. I didn't script anything. Um, I mean, Jesse is a longtime friend of mine. I met you at the same time that I met Roberto, so we've had the same trajectory. But of course, you and I lived together for two years which were arguably two of the best years of my mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. due to your proximity. Great. Two different apartments, um, sharing a wall both times. Yeah. And you are just someone that I've always wanted to have on the podcast and is definitely going to like be a recurring person because you're a comedian and also my best friend and just a good person to have around. And then on this end. How'd she do, Jesse? And then, yeah. <laughs> she did pretty damn good. Did you like pretty it? Pretty damn good. Yes, of course I did. It was lovely. It was so personal. It was like, you know, years from now when we're all famous, this will be like an archive right. that are stands on Twitter. Right. Like, did you guys know that they lived together? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's definitely what I want for us. Um, and then Tom, you know, is going to be a doctor. I yeah. <laughs> and he yeah, might be oh, the yeah. You might be the only person I know who's going to be a doctor. Um, you might oh, be the yeah. only person I know who's going to have a career, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, oh, so truly. jealous. <laughs> Maybe not after this podcast comes out, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but the context for why I would want you guys both on the podcast, obviously, is because you're both comedians and you're both funny. Oh, but yes, of course. You know, one of you is going to be a doctor and then the other one is... Um, Probably going to breathe. Gonna make for gonna living. make fish tanks. <laughs> Two but essential essential careers. One could not live without the other. Now, if Tom was interested in becoming a fish doctor, all of these worlds would really collide. Is there? A, do you know if there's a different word than veterinarian for fish? Well, it's like an exotic pet veterinarian. Like you can take your freaking goldfish to the vet. Those aren't. Will... Those also, those aren't doctors. Hey, what? Vets are doctors. That's a doctors. hot take. This I, is the one thing yeah. that's actually going to get Tom canceled, is saying that yeah. vets aren't doctors. Uh, They're animal doctors. I had, I, I worked with a, a bartender when I was yes. a teenager who was also an EMT. Wait, what? Wait, what? You worked I worked at a bar at, as a teenager? Yes, I was, I was a restaurant also. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I thought you were in like some dive bar, like... I mean, I in another the, life, the fact it was yeah. a di- it was a dive bar. It just also served food. Um, okay. I mean, being like raised in New England bar means a lot to yeah, me. Yeah, that's very true. But mm-hmm. he was a bartender, but he was also an EMT, and mm. you know, it's an incredibly important job and and so essential, and we need to just like worship EMTs. But he would always tell people that he was a doctor. <laughs> like, that's the word that he would nice, use. Nice, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great, and, honestly, I respect it if people are just like con men. So I mean, I respect, I respect it. it. <laughs> I respect it too. We just like went to high school together and like he was a dumbass. So I just, <laughs> like I knew that he wasn't a doctor and it was specifically a line that he would use on women. But of course these girls could see that he was a bartender. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what doctor but, is like, God, I can't wait to go close out the restaurant. Like you my night job. <laughs> But how would you guys introduce yourselves? Tom, I'm going to let you take this one first. <laughs> yeah, I, you did a pretty good job. That's all I'm doing right now is just in go. school. So just chilling. Yeah, you did a good job. That's pretty much it. 
Yeah, I got a, I got like 45 followers on my new Twitter. It's good. <laughs> How many did you have Locked. on your old Twitter before you? But it's not about the number. It's about the engagement. You know, you have high engagement with your social media circle. I try to cultivate a positive, uh, positive timeline, you know? I would definitely say that you're one of the most actively beloved white men that I see online. Ooh. Yes, True. I like this. Like, there's like not this. a like, there's not a there's lot not of a like, whole lot of us now. Of like straight white guys that I really see getting like genuine love from people that genuinely appreciate them, because yeah, it's, you know you tend to be kind of hard to appreciate, but you're getting that love. I would say mm. for sure. And I yeah. would also say specifically that the majority of the other white men on Twitter in our friend group are actively hated, but like <laughs> in a fandom way. Like what's so funny, it's uh, just a shit. <laughs> I just, I mean, like if you really think about shout out pod about list right now, but like if you ever go into their replies, it's a fucking, it's a war zone of, of yeah. people trying to like, out hate one another and they're all succeeding it's like a brutal fucking battle between all i'm the hearing is passion <laughs> i can't like i can't talk shit about pot about list a because i listen to it and i'm on the fucking patreon and b <laughs> because i don't want to burn that bridge because they're the podcasters i know that are having the most fucking success so they are but, they're uh, having some great success i just wanted to say that their fans definitely it's not it's not the same type of engagement that tom you know, earns. Yeah, like, I mean, or I, that I or that I want. I don't want. Like, I think. I feel like I like engage with them on the internet and like because I'm just talking to my friends and then like they'll like whenever I like tweet at them or something and I'm just trying to talk to my friends, I'll get like four follows from like poop idiot eater <laughs> five and I'm like I don't I don't know if I want this come come boy eighty six follows me like I don't. <laughs> What if, it was, what if it was come slut 86? Would you prefer that? Now that. I think, I think one of my friends is a similar, actually probably has that username, but that's like a friend from college. She, she's cool. Um, yeah, no, I go on there. They Twitch stream sometimes, and I've made a Twitch account that just has my like full name so I can just like talk to them because I don't want to text them. So I just Twitch them. Well, I just chat them while they're Twitching. It's pretty fun. Yeah, but yeah, I get what you're saying, uh, Jesse. It's, 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 it's a different vibe. It is. It is a lovely different vibe. I would say, although our fans are um, far fewer in number, you know, they're, they're beautiful souls. Beautiful right. souls listening mm -hmm. to the podcast. Jesse, you have to introduce yourself. Oh, okay. Um, I am introducing myself as a former comedian. I think that's how all comedians right now should introduce themselves. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? You're doing comedy right now. I mean, I like, I suppose, but at the same time, it's like, if we're really talking about the act of stand-up comedy, like nobody's done that in months. And I just think for everybody to be like, I am still a comedian. That's like, that's like Tom becoming a doctor and then quitting <laughs> being a doctor and not being a doctor for six months and then being like, I'm a doctor. And you're like, well, I mean, but, he still but, got that degree. But so. he still would be a doctor because he'd officially be a doctor. Yeah, but like a lot of people would die in that like first four months back if I just like stopped. <laughs> 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 No, it's true. Uh, Tom, I mean, you can't say that on the record. You never know what's going to happen. No, 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 no. I'm not well, yeah, I do request that you don't put my name in the title of this so it's not searchable. We won't. We won't. Can we put Tom, just T-O-M? Just put my uh, Twitter doer of it. Okay. <laughs> true. Gotcha. I, I want you to know, Tom, that 
until you explain that name, almost nobody says it that way. Yeah, I've heard a lot of <laughs> Dorio Fit. <laughs> I like that actually. I used to thought I used to think it was Do Re Fit, like Do Re Mi, but you were like <laughs> Do Re. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but instead you're like Fit because like Thin and Handsome. I thought it was Ooh. all a package. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I see that. Thank you. I'm a genius. For um, those who don't know, I, I, Tom's I feel like unofficial title is also Thin and Handsome King. Yeah, that's yes. the that's the that's the um the trademark. I, yeah, I had blocked you. I didn't know I had blocked you, Roberto. For like oh my god, time. what I well I, I forgot no about idea. that. I have no idea how that happened. I just got a text from Abby one day that was like, "Did you block my friend Roberto?" I was like, "I don't think so." Because I was so excited to join the Tom community. <laughs> yeah, but, I have no idea what happened with that. No, this could be during the time period that I feel like there was a couple of times that you just deleted your Twitter randomly. And I was like, what's happening? Oh, yeah. I thought you had like fallen off the face of the planet. So that could also be what it was. No, no, no. He had Roberto blocked. <laughs> yeah, like he was a blocked account. Because you can see, no you can see when someone blocks you on Twitter, it says this yeah, person has you blocked. I think blocked. it just means that it wasn't meant to be at that time. <laughs> you know, we, we weren't ready to unite then. So wait, yeah, Jesse, no, were I you? Genuinely, I genuinely had no recollection of doing that, which is not, <laughs> I mean, you know, it could have happened. <laughs> oh, sorry. So yes, I was introducing myself. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, former stand-up current fish keeper, which I think is probably the more important part of my personality, just as a whole at this moment in time. Do you know how many fish you have? Um, right now, actually, we had one fish death this morning. Oh, I'm Not so sorry for your loss. It's okay. I didn't really like him very much, and I was kind of rooting for him to go. Um, no, I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. He was just, he's the weakest link, and that, it's, like, it's nature, fine. it just happened. Um, but right now, I, I have about, ten in there, and so I have about 17. I'm getting, like, two extremely rare, like, dragonfish shipped on Thursday, and then I'm getting, like, 20 more after that. So I think when all is said and done, I'll probably have about 60 or something, 50 or 60. But uh, anyway, so I do that, and as far as TV watching goes, I feel like this quarantine has been nuts for me because even though I went to film school, I, like, can't stand watching movies right now. I've watched, like, three real movies in the last six months and everything else has just been like I watched all of Seinfeld again and I'm like working <laughs> through all of it every single episode even ones that I knew line for line I'm like wow this is just well I think that's an anxiety thing you know just wanting to watch the things that come for you during such an uncertain time for sure I, I do think that's part of it I also think it's like I I truly hate viscerally hate now having to like be emotionally invested in things that I watch and so the further that I can get from that, the better. Like I, I just, feel the same way. Yeah, I just can't. There's sometimes like my my friend Shannon, she's like probably the person who knows the most about movies that I know and she'll send me recommendations and it's like little Italian boy in 1948 is fucking starving and has to make real sacrifices to save his baby sister. I'm like, dude, I'm not fucking watching that. Like I, can't, <laughs> I absolutely 100% cannot take little Italian boy post World War II right now. Like that is not. Yeah. Well, you do hate Italians. I, you know also, why like watch off. that when you can just, you know, watch Love is Blind for the third time it's true Which i will say like if i feel myself getting emotionally invested in a show typically i will just stop watching it 
because I just don't yeah. even want to go there. I'm not trying mm. to have feelings. Mm. Like, no. <laughs> you wanna, do you want to get into that? We could get into that. <laughs> I have somebody else to talk to about that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not yeah, so much for the pod, but. Yeah, it's called a doctor, Tom. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> heard of one. I could never but... be a psychiatrist, man. Fuck that. No. I think I think you couldn't because well actually no you know now I'm now I'm speaking with sober Tom but I will say that back in the mm. day I feel like Tom whenever I would have a crazy problem you're like that sucks so bad you know what we should do go to the TAM <laughs> yeah that was a we pretty good be- catch-all for a little bit and then it just it stopped working <laughs> yeah it just did because then it was like oh wow we're spending all of our time at the TAM <laughs> and money <laughs> and money so much money on vodka cranberries and whiskey sours although i will say that drinks in general from the tam are like four drinks in one especially oh yeah if lynn is behind the bar she shout out Mm -hmm. lynn at the tam Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. her whiskey sour is like probably three and a half ounces of jameson and like four drops of sour mix well specifically for you because she liked you and i feel like she was giving you that extra pour she loved me i don't get that kind of treatment at bars but (laughs) It's because I, I feel like I'm just there more often and looking sadder. <laughs> I think that's, that's that, I mean, that might be true. Like, I, I, that might be true, <laughs> for sure. So for context, what shows have you guys been watching? What TV do you actually enjoy? Ooh, I have been re-watching The Office in the same mm. vein as a... Niche, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mainly because they're taking it off. I oh, think right. uh they're taking it off Netflix. I was trying to watch it. I watched The Sopranos again. Um, oh, I watched. I watched Band of Brothers. Um, <laughs> Band of Brothers is like probably the saddest show to casually watch. Wait, I <laughs> love Band of Brothers. <laughs> Wait, Tom, were you one of those people that's like looking for the Pam to my gym in your in your Tinder bio back in the day? <laughs> oh no 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 no! Okay, Absolutely I just want to clarify so people Absolutely don't think that about not. you. Tom I don't even think I always had a that? brain at the very least. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, put some fucking respect on my name, Jesus. <laughs> I'm a beloved white man on the internet. I know. <laughs> no, yeah, that's what I've been watching for TV shows. I haven't really been watching any movies, also. So question for both of you, I mean, before this week, what was, you know, how, how much about Lucy Hale did you know? <laughs> mm, I, I knew I knew her from Pretty Little Liars because I was a vulnerable teen once and like did watch the first two seasons or so of Pretty Little Liars. And then I, I, I just, I don't have a, I don't really care about long form mystery because I just feel like at, at some point when you're watching a long form mystery show, you can just see the writers being like, okay, so the whole time we were planning on it being this person, but the fans have kind of caught on. So we're introducing a, no char- a new character for no reason. And they have like an incredibly <laughs> complex storyline. <laughs> ha ha, bet you guys never were expecting that. And you're just like, fuck you, dude. Like just And write Lucy your Hale's single feather earring was not enough to keep you, keep <laughs> well, you hooked. The, actually, Lucy Hale was the only one i think the only one whose name i can remember other than shay mitchell she's in that show right but like yes so so lucy hill i probably connected with the most because she was like fucking her high school teacher and i was like oh 
Oh, nice. That's me. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> my man. <laughs> so that's probably the only reason why she really stuck in my mind because I'm like, she gets it. She's a warrior, like understood. Um, but at the same time, I, I, yeah, it was not enough to keep me, especially when their relationship started getting rocky. I'm like, okay, well, there's nothing left for me here in this show. So, <laughs> and I know that their relationship was kind of an on and off ordeal. So probably sometime during the first breakup, I was like, okay, now I'm going to go back to watching Batman Begins over and over again. <laughs> like, <laughs> by a fucking weirdo in high school, I was just like obsessed with the Dark Knight and like, I thought that Interstellar was the best movie I had ever seen for like two whole years. <laughs> I Which hate I, Interstellar. No, come on. What? I love it so much. I find much. it like painful to watch. I just, I have you know what it is? Is I don't like Young those- Young Timothy Chalamet? Well, it's yes, a selling Casey point, Affleck? but he was a child. I will say with, with Interstellar, it's like, I don't like- Oh my God. I just philosophical. realized Timothy Chalamet was in there. Yeah, he's yeah. What, what do you mean? I totally had that was like his first him and, him and, him, and Casey, him and Casey Affleck play the same character. Oh my god, I had literally never processed that. I'm sorry. Go on, Abby. No, I just I just hated the like philosophical element of that movie. Hmm. Like that's what I that's what I didn't like about it. The visuals are gorgeous. I'm like I enjoy outer space, uh, but it was I like guess... the the deeper meaning that they were reaching for just kind of gave me a headache and made me annoyed. Come on, you I'd didn't like, to like you didn't like Matthew McConaughey just over and over again whispering like love transcends <laughs> I would say that, that is... I would say that is specifically the part that I hated. <laughs> yeah. I finally like to see Matt Damon show's true colors. I was just like an all time scumbag. He was actually he was really good in that. Yeah. Wow, He's really? he was the best part. That's the part you liked was yeah. the random Matt Damon being like I've been trapped on this ship for years, and I'm definitely not going to try anything weird with you guys. <laughs> yeah, because I like, I like mean Matt Damon. Because, oh, like, the, he's also yeah. the guy in The Martian, right? Yes. Yeah. But in The yeah. Martian, he's, like, a do-gooder or whatever. This was the other side of that or, coin. Grows potatoes or some shit. Yeah. It's yeah. all about, uh, it's all about uh, uh, what's the robot's name in Interstellar? Oh, um, There's a robot in Interstellar? Yeah, and he has a personality. Tars. 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 Yes. Dude, he's the most—he's the most noble character in all of cinema. hundred <laughs> percent. He throws himself into. The- Do you think he's more or less noble than the Bionic Woman? Ooh, I think he's—I think he's more noble. Yeah, I'm a Tom on Letterboxd. No, he refuses. I mean, I refuse. good. I don't need you seeing the trash I watch. No, I don't. I don't. I also don't. Uh, you know, I just reject it. You get my takes on 150 characters or less. <laughs> That's all I need. Okay, so should we Was get it, into Lucy Hale? Wait, I need Tom. Yeah. Had you had you heard so, of Lucy Hale so, or seen her face so before? I, I, I will say the first of the shows that I watched was Privileged. And I'm sorry. I, I, I thought Lucy Hale was like the main character tutor person. <laughs> and then I saw the like the her as a kid, and I was like, oh, I think that's her. I've also I also up until uh, earlier this week, I thought Gossip Girl and Pretty Little Lies were like the same show. Um, I love that you just called it Pretty Little Lies. Um, yeah, whatever. And this yeah. is the perfect reason why you're on this episode. Yeah, no, I got to watch some dog shit TV and then 
I'm just, I'm, here to talk I'm about really it. just sitting here smiling, just knowing that you sat down and watched these four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> because that's four there's fucking one, okay, hours okay, of your life okay. that I stole there's, from you. There's, there's one of the shows is good. Okay, let's wait. I can't wait to find out which one. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, four hours of my life that I could have been spent learning something that could save someone's life someday. But, <laughs> but now maybe you'll be able to connect with a patient who loves yes, Lucy uh, Hale. Yeah, 17-year-old girl. <laughs> what kind of doctor are you trying to be? Uh, a licensed one. That would be cool. <laughs> Fair. Well, okay. Fair. I don't so, want to be doing medicine in like a strip mall. <laughs> <laughs> So everyone, this is the Beyond the Grave Lucy Hale special. Um, now, Abby and I are huge Lucy, Fale, fa- Lucy Hale fans. <laughs> Lucy Hale! Literally. I would say, as a, a kind of a correction to that, I didn't watch Pretty Little Liars. I don't have like a real relationship with Lucy Hale until I started watching her Blumhouse movies. She's in a lot of like sort of bad horror movies that are very fun to watch. And I would say that's where I got, I grew an appreciation for Lucy Hale. The Blumhouse horror cinematic universe featuring Mm -hmm. Lucy Hale is one of the best ones. You know, you can watch Scream 4, Fantasy Island, and the Mm -hmm. iconic Truth or Dare. Sisterhood (laughs) of the Traveling Pants too. She is also in that. Yeah, she is. Did you do your research or have you seen I'm, that I'm, movie? I'm looking at her Wikipedia page right now. <laughs> so we had to tackle this because Lucy Hale has been in four shows that were canceled after one season. Um, I can't blame her. It's not her fault. You know, I think it was the universe fighting against her. Um, but they can be broken down into, you know, Lucy Hale before Pretty Little Liars and Lucy Hale after Pretty Little Liars. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, before she was just supporting, you know, it wasn't her fault. It wasn't on her shoulders. Um, The last two, you know, was her name on the poster. So, so a little bit worse for her reputation. And of course, for, for context for Tom, Pretty Little Liars ran for like six seasons. Yes. And was a huge hit and made her famous. There was a Pretty Little Liars poster in every mall in America for like four years straight. It made her so famous that she got a role in Scream 4. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Scream 4 is a small town. Scream 4 is really good. Yeah. Um, Scream 1 and 2 are objectively perfect movies. Like I would say somewhat better than like The Godfather. (laughs) I mean, who's arguing with (laughs) <laughs> the God I'm certainly not. <laughs> I think Scream is so good. Like Wes Craven is. I mean, it's wow. one of my favorite right. movies. We're in agreement. Beautiful. Um, what was I going to say? I had a thought on her leading again. Like I think, like you said, it's not her fault. Even though these these last two shows where she is the lead, like yes, she is the lead, but at the same time, you could have the best lead in the world. And it still be, everything else is just so bad about it. I mean, like, I feel like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example where the lead is obviously incredible. Okay, take for example, no, I can't do this because Roberto will literally slit my throat. He will walk my house and slit my throat. (laughs) But I was about to say, like, okay, look at Twilight. Like, Robert Pattinson is a fucking acting god, and they destroyed his life. 
momentarily. Mm. And then I think Twilight is genius. Um, (laughs) I think it will be studied in AP Lit in the year 2046. (laughs) I think the movies are perfect. Um, I mean, you know, they already have college classes about Twilight. Of course, at some like little liberal arts situation. Uh, Because it's probably what a way to burn money. Yeah, (laughs) no, because in a way you have to think about the fact that even though objectively, okay, Roberto, I need you to put your love aside for a moment, but like watching the first Twilight, it's like watching any intro to film class at Emerson College. Like it is objectively one of the worst. I'm talking about like in terms of editing and continuity and like color. I would I would argue that the second Twilight is way worse. I'm not saying they get better. I'm just saying the first one was so bad and then they were like, oh, and then it, it did so well. Like people fucking loved it when it came out and it blossom into this huge thing and you also have to remember that unlike random ass things like harry potter or star wars or whatever there wasn't really a way to make a ton of twilight merch other than like robert pattinson kristen stewart's Mm. face being on things yeah like cutouts that's a good point exactly it was so financially successful without a toy line without a fucking funko pop line like without any of that you're telling me they don't have funko pops I mean, they probably do now, but it wasn't, I'm sure it wasn't something that immediately yeah. occurred to yeah, marketing no, no. people. I mean, they made like, they made their money almost solely based on ticket sales. Y- yeah. Young women's sexual awakenings to <laughs> Look, Robert Pattinson. Young women. And no, no, no. Lautner, and moms. Lautner. Yeah, that and is wine moms. And moms, yes, that's very true. Yeah, the yeah. The underbelly of the Twilight family is like 50-year-old women. My mom was so obsessed with Twilight. Like, My mom read the books. Same. Yeah. So, I Look, is the first mom, Twilight mom. movie, you know, under a blue filter? Yes. You know, <laughs> is Robert Pattinson's powder white makeup, does it only reach his jawline and is horribly blended? Yes. But I just think that any movie, it just didn't happen by accident, you know? That's all. Mm. If you can't put into words why it's genius. Mm. Or je ne sais quoi, or whatever. Yeah, it's exactly that. I love that you're comparing um, Lucy Hale's career to Twilight. I would have to agree. <laughs> I know. I just, I just mean that in general, it's not always the lead actor's fault. Like, there's so many factors. It could have been marketing alone. Like, I think some of the shows that she was in, for instance, d- does Bionic Woman have major flaws? Yes, but also it's a fucking cool idea and like a cool show. And if they had chosen, no offense to the lead, but like a more charismatic lead, because she has really hardcore hot girl with huge tits energy that like doesn't mm. know how to act. She's, like, Which she's, is like, she's hey, so whoa, hot. Hey, she's so not, hot, the lead in that yeah, show. I really don't uh, care. Let's not, yeah, let's not, let's not <laughs> talk down on that skill set. Let's... I mean, uh, no, no, no. It's definitely, a, <laughs> there's a set of skills involved. Oh yeah, there is. <laughs> there's <laughs> a big old set. <laughs> there's <But> two. <laughs> there's two. But at the same time, it's like, when I look into her eyes, I see nothing. So that is like a hard yeah. thing for people to parse with. And I It's called being an every woman and relating <laughs> to your audience. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving uh, something open for interpretation. I Bionic Woman was not the good show that I talked about. Really? <laughs> no, it was not. So Bionic, let's Woman was, Bionic Woman is the first one we're going to talk about because it was the first one that came out and it was 2008, okay. right? It was, so Bionic Woman came out in 2007 
and it was on sci-fi it ran for eight episodes and it was a reimagining of the 1976 series that ran for six seasons which itself was a spin-off of the six million dollar man now i feel like this will be really exciting we have to talk about the team behind bionic woman because it is kind of fucking nuts it's insane so it was created by David Icke. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, he is the Emmy award-winning executive producer of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> it was produced by Leta Calogridis, who co-wrote the incomparable Alita Battle Angel <laughs> and created Netflix's Altered Carbon, which I think someone cares about. Wow, that's so much just like sci-fi cyborg action. It was also yes. produced by Glenn Morgan, who has written and directed on the X-Files and wrote the first and third Final Destination movies. Ooh. But he was only there for four months and then left you to creative differences. <laughs> um, Jason Katims, or Katims, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, who is responsible for one of my favorites, the Emmy-nominated, universally acclaimed Friday Night Lights. Oh, I love, show. love that show. He was a consultant and ran the writer's room, but then was um, replaced by Jason Cahill, who was hired as the showrunner and is known for his work as a writer on The Sopranos. Ooh. So we have Battlestar Galactica, Alita Battle Angel, Friday Night Lights, and The Sopranos. Really? All sharing personnel with Bionic <laughs> Woman. <laughs> Which really makes sense to me. Mm. <laughs> Well, it just sounds like what you just described is like, oh my God, that's going to be the best show ever. Like, that just sounds like yeah. that's the four most craziest shows that could ever be combined. And so if we had all that power, then like, why such a dud? The answer, the lead. No, well, before the, answer, landing, the answer is, honestly, it's the dialogue. I'll say it. I think Bionic yeah, Woman had the worst dialogue so out of bad. any of the four shows. But um, I would give that to Katie Keene. But before no, Katie Keene is worse. You're right. Before landing this all, on this all, this all happened in the middle of the writer's strike, right? Yeah. So it was eight episodes. The writer strike started, and then so you got to think these people aren't happy writing these shows. They probably or like it was like it quite literally written by a computer. Yeah, oh, they could shit. be that. I hadn't um, even thought about that. Before landing on NBC, it was being reported that the show was considered on for the USA Network with reports of Jennifer Aniston being considered for the lead, wow. which is too funny. Imagining fucking Rachel. Yeah, it, yeah, that would be the character is twenty four. She didn't do this. No, I think if it was good dialogue, imagine like all of the crazy minds that were behind it, and then Jennifer Aniston just being bionic woman that's one of those things where you hear about nicholas cage was supposed to be superman and that would have been fucking insane and so fun <laughs> and awesome and in the same way that jennifer aniston being bionic woman would have been like a genius moment in television history but alas we were we were robbed i mean look for me <laughs> i have to expect truly the worst out of every show that we cover and just allow myself to be pleasantly surprised and the Bionic Woman at the end of the day was fun. I had a blast watching it. Agreed. Good for you, man. I did enjoy myself. I will say, I, I personally, I think it had the worst dialogue out of any of the four shows. I think Katie Keene had bad dialogue. Wow. I just you, think think Bion had the, you think it had the worst out of the four? Bionic Woman? At, compared to Privileged? 
<laughs> okay, well, you're gonna privilege have to. Privilege is hilarious. You're gonna have to fight with Jesse because Jesse loved privilege. But let's like cover my own okay. first. Wait, wait, wait. Let me also just say. I can see your can... JJ or whatever that kid's. Yes, yes. But let me also just give you context that by the time we had started watching Privilege, I was like a full bottle of wine and a full bowl oh, in, and I okay. was and I was yes. sitting there and. Abby and Roberto were like, what the fuck is this? And I was laughing my ass off as if it was like the, the best shit. show ever written. Yes. But I guess now in retrospect, because I did watch a good 10 minutes of it earlier, I guess now in <laughs> retrospect, what I was really laughing at is like, I thought that they were making jokes at times that I now see we're serious. <laughs> I, I do think that's you what know what? it was. Uh, well, no, but I also think it's probably a result of um, the lead in that show. I just had like such a massive crush on her when I was little, when she was in Reba. And I just, I feel mm. like that was part of it too. I was like drunk and high and being like, this is, this is the girl that I used to watch every day after school at 4.30 PM. She's awesome. Well, I love how you and I share that, that unique experience of coming home at 4.30 and watching <laughs> Reba. Um, yeah, she played Reba's daughter who's a teen mom yes. on that Diane. show. Exactly. Diane, yeah. But, but covering covering Bionic Woman, so, so something that I don't, Roberta, do you have more background that you wanted to give? Well, I, I was just going to say that before we even hit play, it was, um, we, we entered a spiral because, first of all, we don't typically, except for NYC Prep, we haven't really purchased any of these shows. They've all been free online. Um, but for Bionic Woman, we did have to drop $1.99. Mm -hmm. And it was unclear if Lucy Hill was even in the pilot for us. Because originally, so Lucy Hill plays Becca, and she is the lead's little sister. Um, and originally, Becca was supposed to be played by Mae Whitman, who is, of course, on Parenthood, the Duff, and is the voice of Katara on Avatar The Last Whoa. Airbender. So it was going to be Mae Whitman, and she was going to be deaf. Um, but that was like, <laughs> that was too much for NBC. They were like, we don't want her to like, be deaf anymore. So they fired Mae Whitman? Is Mae Whitman doesn't even deaf? make sense. No, Mae Whitman is not deaf. Then why'd they fire her? Why? Because they wanted the character to become an angsty computer hacker, and and I guess May just didn't didn't sell it the way that Lucy did. I mean, I also think it's just like, what, what did they think that a like a rebellious computer hacker couldn't also be deaf? Like, why? <laughs> why were they like? It was two thousand seven, Jesse. <laughs> I'm just confused at all why the writers were like, okay, so number one, this character has to be deaf. And then well, like six months <laughs> later, they're like, no, she can't be deaf, actually. Maybe it was something where like they hired Mae Whitman because she was like fluent in ASL and they liked her for that role. And then maybe she didn't want to play the character that wasn't deaf. I mean, they, according to Wikipedia, it just says that, you know, I think the team wanted the character to be deaf, but NBC... You know the powers that be wanted that changed so if you see the way that may whitman was styled in the <laughs> posters in the posters for the show you can honestly see that she really dodged a bullet by getting fired <laughs> um but that's all the background stuff i have on on bionic woman i will say that lucy hale although she's not 
in very much of the pilot. I do remember watching this show as a kid in 2007 with my family. I don't think that we watched the whole thing, but I do think she gets more screen time in later episodes because she's a hacker and this is exciting. But Mm -hmm. um, I do think that she, in her brief scenes, definitely out-acted the lead. Yes, yes. For sure. For sure. I mean, half of those scenes, she was sleeping. She was sleep acting. Um, But I do, I do have to say she was very believable. (laughs) I believed in her ability to sleep. Yes, I Mm -hmm. believe she was also asleep because nothing that that lead actress did was interesting enough to wake up. But also I had an insane... I had an insane thought when we were watching it. I'm like, okay, so she's some random hacker and her sister's the bionic woman and she like fucking cannot stand her sister in so many ways, but just like in a sibling way. It's like, bro, how fucked would it be if her sister like hacked into, <laughs> if Lucy Hale hacked into her sister and just like made her do shit because she's a robot. <laughs> I just think that is like a unexplored version of bionic woman where, or if there's something where like, the bionic woman's systems are down and Lucy Hale has to like hack into the mainframe of her brain. I don't know. I think they're just missing out on these possibilities. I think if they didn't go in that direction, then that's a direct reason why they were canceled. Yeah, because that would have been so funny. Just to be like, I have only ever worked on this 2004 Dell laptop (laughs) for my entire hacker career. And now I'm going to like, enter biotech and fucking upload now i'm gonna work on my sister's ocular (laughs) implant (laughs) i think she could do it i could see it so the 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 majority of the pilot like abby said you know lucy hill's not in it's it it focuses on jamie who is a hot bartender oh yeah she's dating um a surgeon who i just have to talk about this scene because it was one of the best i would say comedic moments i've ever seen this is why i'm saying the dialogue is bad so she meets up with the hot professor and she's like look i don't know why you're interested in me i'm a dropout bartender and you're a hot professor surgeon and um (laughs) she says that he's a professor and he corrects her and says that he's also a surgeon right right um but you know what she's just not like other girls um, he, he just said you're different <laughs> which i get it i do um later during dinner she reveals that she is preggers um yeah. <laughs> and and he is not bothered because you know what it was love at first sight for him so they've only been together five months but he is ready to commit to her because she's um, different unfortunately they get Again. Yeah, you're different. You have massive tits. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that must be it. Um, right she after also dinner, has a pretty face. It's true. After yes. dinner, they get into a huge car accident um, and loses her arm, her legs, her eye, and her ears. Um, but it's okay because her boyfriend just gives her new ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, she also loses there. the baby, of course. He helicopters yeah. her to like a secret. Yeah. A secret area that she then walks home from later. Well, she like runs through the woods like Edward in Twilight. In Twilight exactly. Full circle. I just, I just liked how the the surgeon was like can get, can do all these things that are medically impossible, but then was like, oh, the baby can die. We don't, 
<laughs> Couldn't he have I'm turned the, the baby into a robot? No. Yeah, what about, what about Bionic Baby? Where is that yeah. show? Yes, yes, starring Jojo Siwa. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that sounds really good. That sounds awesome. Let's write it up. We There's also could do a better job with dialogue than these people did, 100%. There's another scene I have to point out. It's, she's in, it's post-surgery. She's officially bionic. And there's like a government director who I described as J.K. Simmons hot. Ooh, yeah, I I see that. that. Um, And he's looking at her from a one-way glass window. But of course, she's bionic now. You know, she has her bionic eyes so she can sense him. So, you know, this was only written to be in the trailer, but it's her looking through the window, looking haggard, like dead-eyed. And she just says, boo. And to me... That's about the male gaze. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The way you're connecting dots, Tom... Yeah, I've taken a cinema class. <laughs> there were a lot of hot people on that show now that I'm thinking about it. Too many hot people to get canceled. Oh, that's never a thing. That's never a thing. Look at look at Justice League. All the motherfuckers were hot. And that shit, like, could not be re- renewed. Maybe it's really the I other mean, way you around. Say, you say Too it got canceled, people. but that Snyder Cut is coming and people oh, are excited about it. <laughs> Probably the worst movie I've ever seen. Sorry, side <laughs> note. Like, truly the worst, like, in general, the I didn't worst see it. movie I've ever seen. I didn't see it for I, that, for I that refuse, very reason. I refuse to speak poorly about a Affleck film. I mean, I saw it. To me, you know, do I have strong opinions about it? Not really. It was just exciting to see all those characters come to life more than anything. That it's like, mm-hmm. I don't really care about the quality of the movie. Like, I'm just going to have fun watching it. And, you know, there's the extended Henry Cavill shirtless fight scene, of course. Mm. (laughs) Of course. Of course. So, um, Jamie runs away from the government organization, whatever, and she returns home. Are they government? That was unclear to me. They're always government, Abby. Um, Jamie returns home, but Becca doesn't buy the story that Jamie was just gone on a prolonged skiing trip. And (laughs) during this... During the scene, Breathe Me by Sia is playing, which <laughs> was really monumental because um, the song is, of course, about being depressed. It's most famous for playing in the ABC family movie, Cyberbully, while Emily Osmond is at her is, lowest point. Is that what it's most famous for? <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it is, and what I say is fact. Um, But in this scene, you know, Jamie and Becca are going at it. And I would say that Lucy Hale is doing some really good teeth acting. Ooh. (laughs) And I understand why she was given a star, or I I understand why she wasn't given a starring role in Scream 4, because between Neve, Emma, and Lucy, like it would have been too much teeth. A blood, yeah, bloodbath of teeth. So let's see, the episode, you know, Jamie and her hot professor make up, they have sex, and- She forgives him immediately for turning her into a robot. Against well, she's not they, like other girls. Right. Yeah, they, bur- they bury the baby. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, but at the same time, this has to be the dumbest shit in the whole world. Like, I'm sorry, but if my boyfriend was a surgeon who saved me from dying after I legitimately was like 100% gonna die if he didn't intervene. And then he gives me superpowers. 
why the fuck would I be mad about that? How dare you save my life and, and pump millions and millions of dollars into my body. And I look exactly the same. I don't even look metal. I look completely normal <laughs> and I'm just super powerful and I'm still fucking hot. Oh, how yeah. dare you? Like, because oh this means God. that she never really knew who he was. He's been lying to her this entire time. About yeah, who- all five <laughs> months. Like, God damn. Five months. I have kept extremely significant things about my life from people for years longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that Whoa. seems like such an irrelevant thing. But that's what makes you even more different. different. I'm different. Yeah. Now, I do want to give the show props for the fight scene between the bionic woman and the yes. other bionic woman who's also hot. hot. So hot. Well, before we talk about the fight scene, I do have a very important question for Tom. Mm-hmm. Now, during the sex scene between Jamie and Professor, I know we- uh, I remember. Me, Abby, and Jesse were able to watch it together. And of course, the first thought that we all have is, well- Did he upgrade? Did he upgrade her? her vagina you know does she have a, a bionic grip grip now grip. what were your thoughts uh, during that scene um i was just kind of living in the moment to be honest i was not <laughs> thinking about some type of a uh, bionic uh, uh pussy but now that you mention it i just i i i was still kind of shocked that he like he couldn't save the baby they were like, well, you can save this person. You were really interested in a family drama? Yeah, that would have been interesting because that kid would be... Crazy. Yeah, crazy. There'd be a lot going on in that head of, uh, of, of theirs. You know, they'd Wait, be fucked up. What if the baby is alive? Ooh. Because that's what if true. Like, we only watched the pilot. I yeah, don't know Yeah, and where what it goes. if that's like a secret plot point of the thing of like later she's like finally gonna, you know... Like rival against the fucking company that's trying to use her as a super soldier, and they're like, "Well, then you'll never see your daughter again." Like, and then it comes out, and this kid is already like six years old. Uh, the government like, agency just engineered the fetus and accelerated yes, the to growth rapidly process. age. Yes. So then it really is Twilight all the fuck over again, and it's just yeah. that sounds really good. Yeah, so I'll be I honest. Just, I was, I was, uh, I was biding my time until this show was over. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> the sex scene was 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 well done. It was very tastefully shot. Um, I don't remember it at all. There, well, it, well I mean, it wasn't long enough. That's what I'll yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, it really subverted the gaze. So post sex, the hot surgeon slash professor is shot um, by the original bionic woman, which of course leads us to the iconic fight that Abby was talking about which was so good. On a rooftop during the rain. Two yeah. hot cyborg babes fighting each other. Um, They're bare what hands. I like, what I like most about that is um, the earlier, like the first bionic woman is like trash talking her during the fight. And because like, she only has one bionic arm as opposed she's like, to two. Huh, you only have one bionic arm. Like as if she chose that. Like as if that was her fatal flaw. And at the same time, she gave this crazy monologue that's like, well, you're busy trying to figure yourself out. I'm making myself stronger. And you're just like, what the fuck? She, <laughs> she definitely has a bionic pussy. For 100%. sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. That's what she was alluding to. Yes, but at the same, 
<laughs> but at the same time, she's got like issues because she's in love with two men who both treat her like shit. So it's like, really, are you stronger or are you just more insecure? Like, what? <laughs> What is the actual mm. issue? She's trying to make herself worthy of a man's love. I think we could all take yeah. notes. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a moment in the middle of the fight scene where they take a timeout so that the original bionic woman can light her cigarette. <laughs> Which, genius. Genius. That says something. That was a, that was a, that, that was, that a was phallic Im- imagery. <laughs> Dude, you're fucking blowing my mind with these takes. Cinema 101, baby. I do think it says something about, about the character of Jamie that she respected that woman's timeout <laughs> instead of yeah. using it to her advantage. Um, I, this is the one, this is my biggest criticism of the show is, okay, so this bitch who was just a bartender suddenly gets super strength and super healing abilities and now she's like a world-class mma fighter like why does she know how to fight? they explained that they uploaded a chip into her brain oh they with did. fighting choreo that seems very lazy she's a super soldier <laughs> i just feel like if the fight was less about her having yeah. proper moves and her just like not even understanding her own strength to the point where she uses that ignorance to her advantage like, if she tries to throw a punch, but accidentally throws, like, 50,000 PSI of force behind it and, like, crushes this woman's skull, that would have been a cooler fight scene than her being like, this is Kill Bill. I don't know. I agree. And they also they also cheated us out of a training montage. Yes, of course. The training montage. Yeah, that's a good point. But I don't think anybody ever accused the show of being smart in its writing. <laughs> Yes, it's true. That but you know, I don't think they set out to be stupid. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's hard to say. <laughs> the pilot episode of Bionic Woman ends. Um, the original, the first Bionic Woman, escapes. And, you know, Jamie was able to hold her own. And then um, hot discount J.K. Simmons um, arrives. <laughs> and, you know, Jamie tells him, you know, I'm willing to work with you guys. But just remember that I now know what I'm capable of. Um, and then she she goes home to whoever you want and I'll kill them. Yeah. And then she goes home to a a presumably sleeping Lucy Hale. But I do appreciate that she's already willing to kill people. Me too. Well, look, her baby's dead. Her lover's dead. What does she have to lose? She doesn't really care that much about Lucy. This definitely had the highest stakes of all the shows that we watched. Um, privileged has um, pretty college nice. admission, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. getting into Duke. Duke. <laughs> Why Duke? <laughs> Should we talk about privilege now? I'm ready. Okay, so one year after Bionic Woman was canceled, you know, the universe granted Lucy Hale a second chance with a different, very different role. Yes. So, Privilege is a 2008 CW comedy based off the book How to Teach Filthy How to Teach Filthy Girls by Zoe Dean, and it was picked up I'm for- sorry, thir- what's that title? How, how to Teach, fil- it might be Filthy Rich Girls, I might have missed oh, a word. Uh, yeah, I think it's I, Filthy I, Rich no. Girls, not Filthy yeah. Girls. No, okay, I yeah, I was confusing it with a movie that I watched earlier today. Yeah, oh. yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> how to Teach Filthy Girls. <laughs> Which mysteriously he can't find in his history anymore. Oh, uh, no, yeah, it got, it got- it, Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I also watch movies on incognito by accident. <laughs> yeah, someone broke in and, and deleted everything. I don't 
<laughs> it was originally picked up for 13 episodes and it had such a good opening run that it was later expanded to 18 episodes. So someone thought the show was really good. Wait, it got expanded before it got canceled? Yeah, so they so it did oh well at first and let it be known that we're also coming from a real network and then going to the cw where truly there's no law like anything could be as bad as i mean there's a law on the cw now which is you have to either be riverdale or a dc comic book show (laughs) it's true yeah i saw that i noticed that in the ads it was just like how many superhero shows are there they have one for every night of the week jesus um, and they're all produced by Greg Berlanti, and I just am convinced that he owns the CW now. Um, so the team that brought you Privilege, um, I didn't write down anyone specific, but they all have writing slash development credits from shows like Party of Five, Sex in the City, Pretty Little Liars, and the first show that we ever did on the first version of this podcast, The Nine Lives of Chloe King. Oh, right. Which was also a superhero type vibe because it's about a girl who wakes up with feline powers. Yes, I have actually seen that. So the 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 show stars Joanna Garcia from Reba and Once Upon a Time and Freaks and Geeks and she plays Megan who is an assistant at a magazine but she dreams of being a writer. But a writer who writes about like important things such as art. She literally and, says that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> art and diplomacy and she maybe wants to write a Hillary Clinton autobiography that she I really, can dedicate to her daughter. I really enjoyed in she dyes her hair red just for her job interview scene. After and it's very after her apartment burns down. <laughs> Um, but they clearly just, they didn't give her a wig. They like applied that like chalk hair color to her hair to make it red. And then in the next scene, it's brown again. (laughs) Any show that avoids a bad wig at all costs. I love that boss. The the (laughs) boss that like fires her. She's like, that actress was also like a Vinnie Chase's stylist in Entourage. And she oh, just like really? she fires she fires her and then within a span of about a about a minute gives her the the, the biggest dream job in the entire world. So her magazine boss, you know, suggests that if Megan wants to write about fancy things, then she has to be around fancy people. And gives her sets up an interview with a wealthy Palm Beach socialite whose husband and daughter have died doesn't make sense because she said she wanted to write about important things and this woman took that to mean rich people (laughs) well no she says it she's like she's like if you want to write about important things you need to go where the important people are and get into the important circles so here's beach yeah go take care of these two 12 year olds that want to be porn stars 12 year olds who look well actually lucy hale looks the part of a high schooler in this show yeah but the other girl looks older than the lead. <laughs> she absolutely does. <laughs> she literally does. And she's taller than her and just carries like. And like more filled out. Yeah. Yeah. She actually carries like 28 year old nursing student energy. Tom knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, but... yeah. oh, yeah. I know the fuck. <laughs> Would you agree? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. in that she's just the, the terrible person. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, the shout job. Out, shout out Tufts Medical Center and the entire <laughs> fucking school body 
who has never tipped me collectively over the hundreds I've served over $15. The job Megan is up for is to be a tutor for this socialite's two granddaughters. Um, and she will get paid, like, I don't remember how much a week. Is it? $1,000. $1,000 a week. She gets a car. And live in this mansion. And if her, the granddaughters get into Duke, then the socialite will pay off her student loans. So I can't tell Lucy apart from the rest of the cast, to be quite honest, um, because they all have the same face. But the thing is that I don't think that Lucy Hale is an actress that particularly looks like other people too, too much compared to like, you know, the Leighton Meesters of the world. Right. But I, the, the, the cast of this show is almost identical to me. I agree. Even the guys too. True. Oh, Wait, we loved those guys. Yeah, but the but the waiter guy is incredible. Just like immaculate, <laughs> just truly immaculate vibes. Like somebody who I would be in love with instantly. Agree. Like, what a dude! I hard disagree. What a loser. What the Whoa, what the fuck? Oh. Tell us, extrapolate yeah. on that, please. He was just like uh, I don't know. He was just like so doughy eyed and uh, look. You don't. He looks you don't like think... Paul Rudd to me. You don't think yes. that the rich guy who wanted to be a sports photographer was a little bit more insufferable? Uh, he was at least funny. I could laugh no, at that no, guy. I love that you thought he was funny. <laughs> I think I think we're talking about the opposite guy. No, you're you must be the the waiter is the funny one. <laughs> you must be confused. The yeah, dude, waiter. I the, I, really dude, I thought the waiter was just such a loser. Oh. <laughs> I was oh, like, there you go. Exactly my type. Literally exactly my type. I saw him and I was Wait, like, Yeah, yes. waiters. <laughs> waiters, true, actually. Yeah, no. That's not true. When have you ever dated any waiters? I dated one waiter who actually okay. had that exact energy and the same color. I have color. fucked way more waiters than you. Yes, that's that's definitely true. But I will say, I just feel like this guy made more sense for her. Yay, I'm so glad it's true. Well, it is. Finally but a win. <laughs> is that a win? No. <laughs> it's a distinct L. Thank you very much. No, it's a, it's a win. It's a, <laughs> we're a sex positive podcast. That's true. We just and a waiter positive them. podcast apparently and a waiter positive podcast well, except for this except guy for this guy looks like he yeah no i mean i think you just don't get him tom yeah no, i, I just, think ugh. hey hey maybe does he threaten you a little bit with his adorable energy are you worried he will become another beloved white man is the charisma can, too much you think he can do no, a no, faster no. mile i <laughs> oh no absolutely not i know for a fact that he cannot run fast what, what are you clocking what what what, what was your mile minute What's my mile minute? Uh, what is it? The fastest mile I've ever run is is four thirty five. That's oh. amazing. Wait, that's, that's actually really fast. That's why. Yeah. That's I was insane a bolt level. There's no. I was way. a collegiate athlete. Look it up. Google my name right now. Tom <laughs> track. Oh my mile. god. Well, Tom, I think it's time you know the truth. I've walked every mile. It was every required to do, and I actually I think I have the I have wow I I Google Tom. And the first thing that come up was Dr. Tom. That's probably my grandpa. That's what? so exciting. Yeah. No. no I think this guy's Stephanie. It's definitely not your grandpa. I'm <laughs> oh my God. You guys. Wait. I literally, this is true. Tom. Massachusettsmilesplit.com. 
Well, yeah, what does it say? 435. Yeah, oh, see? God. And two miles, two miles in under 10 minutes. Hey, guys, can you also just do these me are a your, favor? But these are apparently your high school times. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really run the mile in college. I ran, like, uh, the 10K. So we have a comedian, a doctor, and... Oh, my God, wait. Did you go to... I did. I lived in Danvers for a little while as a kid. Oh, whoa. I thought, yeah, you lived in Danvers and Salem, right? I was I was born at Salem Hospital, but I lived in Beverly. Yeah, same, dude. Danvers same. and Hamilton, yeah. We were born at the wow, same you, hospital. We've talked about this. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. shit. Are we talking about Dr. Tom... Yeah, can uh, can everybody? Just I am click a philosophizer, <laughs> specializing in ethics and political stuff. I'm just saying that this guy must be the funniest looking person I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> number three on his list is the politics of sexual desire. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Will you drop a picture in the chat? He looks like uh, I, he looks I, like I someone from Whoville. Like <laughs> this is a man I'm obsessed with. He's a civic. Civic interests include civic republicanism. Jesus. And meta ethics. And disability. How are you Republican and then you're like, I really want to talk about well, the ethics slide? Because he's he's, he's researching he's researching socialist republicanism. What does that mean? I I couldn't tell you. Could not even begin to explain. Yeah, those seem to be literally antithesis like one is no government involvement and the other one is the government should be responsible for what they did to destroy everyone so he's so a I feel professor like, yeah I this, guess guy, this a, guy's like a this guy looks like a walking title nine case i really don't like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> there, there's he really he's not does. doing he there's something off about there's something guy. dark in his soul that i yeah, just think I don't, I don't like it I think his eyes are too blue. I also want to know why he was the very first thing to come up on the Google search. Okay, so privilege. What was the last the last point we were discussing? We were talking about her waiter slash bestie who she uh, yes. has sexual tension with, who looks like Paul Rudd. Yes. In fact, I may continue watching Privilege for his performance alone. <laughs> that would make you a really powerful person. I mean, you were saying when we were next to you, you were saying you were going to keep watching it. I, I was That's how enthusiastic you were. Well, I think probably what will happen is that I'll just simply have to get like so absolutely shit fucked and then watch it. <laughs> and I'll probably record some some observations about it. Because suddenly when I am so drunk, that show literally becomes like Oscar contender to me. It's like so Well, good. if you wanna make if you wanna make little videos, you know, little Snapchat style vids of your reactions, definitely send those to me and I'll put them up on our podcast uh, Instagram. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> So Megan is from Palm Beach, but she doesn't want her family to know because she has um, a strange relationship with her sister who may or may not have stolen her boyfriend. It's unclear and I frankly don't care. Yeah, I'm not interested. So back to our star, our girl, Lucy Hale. So their main plot point in this episode is that Sage, who is the, the nurse, who's not her sister, <laughs> with the energy of the nurse, and Rose, played by Lucy Hale, um, they are doing a photo shoot um, but they have, but it's a sexy bikini photo shoot and they need an adult to sign off. Um, so they ask Megan, but it's clear that Lucy Hale's character Rose doesn't want to do it. So again, even though she's in the back of the scene and she has no dialogue and she's just waving, she's out acting everyone in the room. 
So later Lucy Hill, you know, thanks Megan and tells her, you know, that she actually does want to work hard and get into Duke. And in this scene, you know, out of, out of the four of us, I feel like I'm clearly the most excited about Lucy Hale. To me, she wasn't selling it. I have to say it. You know, Lucy Hale's not a character actress and she just couldn't pull off this, this type of comedic Hammy of a performance. Yeah. She's too real. She's too natural. She has too much gravitas. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. Um, Um, I have to use the bathroom, but you guys just, you can keep talking. Well, I mean, there's not much else that really happens in these, uh, this episode that I really care about. Um, the, I guess the, the best part of the show, of, of the pilot episode, is when Megan is getting fired because um, the mean older sister, Sage, yes. you know, tells like, her you grandma. Didn't, you, didn't let, you didn't let me get taken advantage of. Exactly. And then Megan <laughs> rips her to shreds. Yeah. Yeah, Megan does. She doesn't accept, which I think a, a big thing about these shows where it's like small town girl goes and like has She's to from Palm Beach. Rich. No, I understand I understand that, but she still has poor person energy compared to them, obviously. Very so familiar like, with that. Right. So she has poor person energy and she's like taking care of these brats. And I feel like in this type of arrangement, it always takes so long for the poor girl to like come forward and be like, no, listen. Your daughters are fucking spoiled and they're brats. That usually happens like at the end of the movie. It's like the climax. Yeah. <laughs> but here we have that moment in the pilot. So it's like if she's already like, nah, bitch, fuck you to a 16-year-old or 15-year-old, how, for however old she's supposed to be, um, then I feel like the rest of the season is just going to be a constant war between them. But Lucy Hale is like low-key always on – Megan's side but secretly because she's scared of her older sister which makes no sense to me because I was like fighting tooth and nail with my brothers when I was growing up and I did not have yeah. any respect for them at all like it's- you don't relate <laughs> to these teen millionaires <laughs> I guess not I just feel like if my brothers were like we have to do this photo shoot I'd be like shut the fuck up and I'd probably smack one of them and leave like I just I never could see myself being like oh well I guess if you say so like at, at 16 I was ready to like emancipate myself I was not listening to my older brothers. Whoa, brothers you're like, what's her face? Well, you know, Claudia their parents Conway. are dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Claudia Conway. <laughs> Probably yeah, I the, see the most powerful baby on the internet. Yeah. Like got Kelly Con- Kellyanne Conway to quit her fucking job. Yeah. You're talking about Claudia Conway? Yeah. Yeah. We are. Well, Tom can't talk about her. I don't That's like, true. yeah, I don't like, to, I, I just, I, I don't like to talk about them. The kids on the internet. Yeah, I, I respect <laughs> I that. <laughs> no, I want to see the spinoff of the uh, the dad of the main character of Privileged, because they're just like she like eventually talks about like her like life backstory, and she's like, yeah, well, I don't know, like my mom left my dad, and then you know he like got into the bottle a little bit and drank a little bit, uh, and then I went to college, but then my sister kissed my boyfriend i'm like wait no let's talk about the dad what what did he go down did did you say that you thought that privileged was worse or better than bionic woman i thought it was better that's fascinating yeah Yeah, i I thought bionic woman was stupid (laughs) (laughs) i thought that movie i thought that show sucked 
To me, these wow. bad shows come down to one thing, right? Because clearly they're never going to be great. So at the end of the day, it just needs to be fun. And to me, watching Privileged was like so, it was dull to me, I'll say it. I didn't, I didn't have fun watching any of these Wow, Roberto, characters. I really thought you were a man of taste. But I guess I, I would, <laughs> what would give you that impression? <laughs> I would tend to agree that privileged was the one that I no enjoyed okay, out the of least. all of these. No, out of all of these, canteen yeah. is one hundred percent the worst fucking show. Yeah, ever. which I, which Emer which Emerson student wrote Katie King? <laughs> Oh my God, literally. <laughs> I mean, you, you're joking, but like, there's probably someone in that room. Oh, yeah, 100%. From your college. There was yeah. multiple people who were. From that was Emerson a smor smorgasbord of like Emerson just, College students' dreams. Let, let's just let's just put it this way. I was watching Candy Keen. I know we're gonna talk about it in a little bit, but I was yeah. watching Candy Keen while changing the water of my fish tank. So <laughs> Red was sitting in the dining room and like. I don't know how many minutes went by because I was just so like astonished at how bad the show was. And I just go to Brett and I'm like, are we like, is autoplay on? Like, is this all one pilot? This seems so fucking <laughs> yeah. bad. Like this is the longest show I've ever seen. And I truly was convinced for a hot second that we had accidentally watched three episodes because <laughs> there was so much going on. I was like, they just did an entire season arc in 40 minutes. Okay. Being really it, generous. <laughs> it was I mean, so Yeah. It was, I'm sorry. I know we have we have another show. Okay, so let, let's talk about... Let's do... Wait, Life Sentence? Is that the latest one? Or? Life no, Sentence? No, no, Life Sentence 2018. was... 2018. 2018, yeah. Okay, so... This was, one, this was the one that I thought was actually okay. Yeah, oh, no, we all did. We all did. Yeah. Um, I do. I have to use the bathroom as well. So if we want to take a little break. Wow. Well, wow. I, guess so. I mean, y'all can keep talking. I can. I can fucking talk about life sentence. Roberto is probably going to get the the background because he. Yeah, he has like, good backgrounds. Well, he does all the research. Yeah. When when we He's recap shows, we both take notes, but he he really enjoys the research, so I let him have that generously. <laughs> um. <laughs> You're so generous, buddy. I know. <laughs> so noble. His who worked on it. The who worked on it is always so fun to hear about a show because then I'm like, okay, so you did really good stuff. What happened? Like why? Cocaine. You. <laughs> Everybody gets into drugs in Hollywood, and then like they just like write it's bad true. shit sometimes. <laughs> I just think it's so funny how coke is really the number one drug in Los Angeles, and some part of me wonders if it's only because of how expensive it is like is it because uh, it's i think it like i think it no, no i think it's i think it because it is truly cocaine is truly the way the type of drug that suburban like moms describe marijuana as like it's truly the gateway like right. addictive substance you know it's a mean? short high but it's like yeah it's like truly addictive and yeah. in that socially acceptable realm kind of you, know you have I mean? to be exactly. so fucking careful on the west coast because there's so much fentanyl oh that's yeah, around it's really fucking scary and like the cocaine wow. here is huge has a huge possibility of being tainted oh my god that's so scary uh, just I, advice I, for the listeners 
Yes. What advice did you just yeah. give? Uh, Not to do cocaine on the West Coast because of the fentanyl. Yeah. Or we could just we. I'd be I'd be okay with saying a blanket. Don't do cocaine. Yeah. Don't. Do I would. I would say too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say it's, it's not bad advice. That's advice just, from a soon-to-be doctor. Yeah. That's my that's my seal of approval. It's not good. Don't don't do it. <laughs> I also think coke definitely in general. I mean, we can talk all day about how weed definitely is proven to kill brain cells. Like that, that's not even a question. But I don't think nearly at the same rate as cocaine. Like I actually think. I, I know probably two people in my life who are actively addicted to coke and they are both the most foggy out of touch people I know like they're just like so mm. brain dead anyways kids stick to marijuana <laughs> that's Jesse's that's Jesse's seal of approval is that's just get, Dr. Jesse <laughs> just get flavor blasted high and watch bad TV and everything will be probably okay I would have to agree that's my okay so life sentence well life so sentence. i just as a, as a tv lover as, as a student of media the the next two shows are also cw shows so to me it was really interesting to see that because i feel like privileged is a good pivot to what was the future that is to come because you know there before the CW was a CW, it was the WB and it was pretty wholesome. So I feel like it was still holding on to like wanting to create wholesome, fun TV shows, but also with the success of Gossip Girl, wanting to do a bunch of shows about hot, rich, sexy mm-hmm. teens. And this was just not it. Um, and then of course came all the superhero shows, but Privileged ended. And then Lucy Hale, one year later, jumped on Pretty Little Liars, where she coasted for seven years. <laughs> and I was recently listening to Mother May I Sleep With podcast, hosted by, of course, recent guest Molly McAleer. And she said something so brave. She said that Pretty Little Liars may be the best show ever made. <laughs> and you know what? I... <laughs> I can't wholeheartedly agree, but I also can't disagree. And I recently posted about this on the Pretty Little Liars Reddit page. And let me tell you, the fans were a buzzing. The passion that Pretty Little Liars. Roberto has a little bit like, he gets some traction on Reddit. (laughs) Do you really? What's your karma? No, not huge. I just started and and I'm I'm only (laughs) dipping my toe in. Of course, the only pages, the only threads I follow on Reddit are, Degrassi, The Next Generation, mm-hmm. um, Open-Minded Swingers, and Pretty Little Liars. Nice. Which and I Days feel of like- Days of Our Lives. And Days of Our Lives, that's right. How, what is your karma? I feel like, I think I just cracked 100. Uh-oh. But I did just oh, start. Wow. So. Cause my karma's like four. Yeah. I'm at 184 think- right now. My karma's 13 and it's because I only look at fish stuff exclusively and I never post. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what, I think my, I don't think I have any karma because I tried to post on like a medical school forum, like asking a question about like just like something technical and they were like, you don't have enough karma to post on this Reddit. And I was like, okay. Well, what? I just... <laughs> yeah, they... Keeping who can post? Yeah. What, what, yes. what, yeah. you... what? It's like to stop bot accounts. They thought That's was so robot. fascinating. I'm I wasn't not able to post on like user, really. on one page. I don't know, maybe the top model page or something once. So Pretty Little Liars ended in 2017, and 
the workaholic that Lucy Hale is, you know, a few movies weren't enough. She had to immediately find something new, which leads us to Life Sentence, the 2018 dramedy that ran for 13 episodes on the CW, and it seems to be all of our favorites. Yeah. I agree. So, um, it, yeah. I, okay, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you, go ahead. Go are ahead. you telling me that you enjoyed Privileged more than Life Sentence? In the moment, I can't deny that that <laughs> was true. <laughs> but I will also say that, like, from uh, an actual filmmaker's standpoint, yes, clearly Life Sentence is the best made show we're reviewing, but that's not what you asked. You said favorite. <laughs> so. I'm sorry. You fucking caught me. <laughs> Life Sentence was created by Richard Keith, who wrote and executive produced Fuller House. What's his, what's his name? Richard Keith. <laughs> Horrible name. Objectively the worst name. name. <laughs> um, well, he created Fuller House. <laughs> his, name, his name is Dick Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Keith. Oh, um, no, that's sorry. Good. Okay, that's so good. he created the Fuller House, which is like a horrible show. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I'm kidding. I only I did watch the first season of Fuller House, like in one day, kind of in a in a in a hazy sweat. I just sat down and hit play and I never stopped. And <laughs> I mean, I didn't go back, you know, I didn't finish the show, but I had a good time. But he yeah. co-created the show with Erin Cardillo, who is most famous for her reoccurring, oh, sorry, for her reoccurring acting role on Disney Channel's The Sweet Life on Deck. Wow. Oh, wait. Whoa. Who'd she play? I think she played one of <laughs> this, like, this the teacher. This Tom's ears hurt. <laughs> <laughs> the Sopranos writer for Bionic Woman was nothing, but this woman <laughs> on The Sweet Life oh, on Deck. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> um, but I just thought it was funny that the creators with the least clout, like the team with maybe the least impressive resume, had created the best show. Yeah. It's almost four, like yeah. people... Hey, live. I'll tell you, you don't know this town unless you know Dick Keith. <laughs> <laughs> but I also I also think it's... I mean, that is probably the way it goes most often. I think yeah. people who have success one time, I almost always think that people who have success one time are people who are just super privileged and got that opportunity because their dad knows a dude. And not because mm. they're like actually talented people in the same way that I hate to say as much as it annoys me that this is true. Like the two dudes who created Game of Thrones had had literally as much experience as like any of us did. They did like yeah. two short films and then they fucking made Game of Thrones, which is just yeah. crazy. I mean, but they I have do to have enough money also... to buy the rights. What? Right. Didn't they have no, to they have sold enough... it. They sold it to uh, uh, HBO who bought the rights. Got it. I mean, I do think with people who have success, then it just becomes like about making money and pushing whatever exactly. content that you think is going to sell. And then you lose sight of perhaps yeah, that's the, true. the art portion. That's a good point. But I did think Life Sentence, I, we only watched the first episode. So who's to say what in those 13 episodes got it canceled? But just judging from the pilot alone, it did not seem like it needed to get immediately canceled to me. It seemed well, like something that was a little bit promising. To me, it's, it, it, I think it's a marketing issue because I remember seeing this trailer and concept alone, you know, in, in a trailer, they're just trying to give you the plot, right? That's not where this show succeeds. You know, the plot is like kind of silly and ridiculous on paper, but it's, you know, it's the fun, it's genuinely a funny show. I thought the dialogue was really great. 
and and the, her supporting cast was stellar. I actually laughed out loud. So the show opens on Lucy Hale, who, guys, for the first time, she's carrying the show. This is very exciting. Yep. And I think it, she's game for the task. Yeah. She yeah, agreed. She's she's tired of sharing the space with three other girls. She opens the show as and her character's named Stella, and she's recounting her life story to a cake shop opener. Wait, that didn't make any sense. The oh, show no. opens on Lucy Hale as Stella <laughs> recounting her life as a cock. Her name was Stella. As a cock. Her name is Stella as a cake <laughs> shop owner. Ugh, it's getting hot in my room. So this this story, of course, includes how she was diagnosed with terminal cancer as a child. Never, never, never say what kind. We don't care. Um, <laughs> how she had a perfect life, went to Paris, and met a hot guy who she is now married to. Because, you know, she wanted to experience everything before she died. And the guy at the cake shop is so moved um, that he just, like, gives Lucy Hill a free cake for her living funeral. Because, really, any day now, homegirl is dropping. But, you know, she, she should be, like, grabbing the hint that she doesn't look sick at all and doesn't seem yeah. the least bit frail. She has, um, she meets with her doctor, who tells her that she is no longer sick, that she is cured. Which, by the way, that's not how that works, right, Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I just, I, I got, I got, I feel I have a responsibility to say this. Uh, there's no, there's no cure for cancer. <laughs> <laughs> right, but this, like, bionic woman not, they, is a sci-fi. <laughs> they have not they have not found that yet i did think it was so funny that like i think a doctor's one job when having this conversation is to not get hopes up because yeah. what if the test is just fucked up what if the machine was just fucked no up? that's like that, that and then she dies a week is, later that is explicitly what we're taught is to like manage <laughs> expectations and like not give because it's unethical to give someone like false hope if you're like not 100 percent sure which is why I'm arguing that this show takes place in a universe in which there is a cure for cancer. Yeah. Or I yeah. immediately was I immediately saw that scene. And I was like, this this doctor needs to be fired. Like, Malpractice. <laughs> yeah, she's just like she's actually not this good. doctor deserves to be in jail for what they do. <laughs> However, she is hot. Yeah. And gets a party thrown <laughs> in her honor. So <laughs> So Stella learns that she is cured of cancer, and of course everything in her life turns upside down. You know, she was ready to die. She's not ready to live. She goes home to tell her family. And in this scene, um, the only note that I wrote down is that Lucy Hale's brother-in-law is played by Carlos from Big Time Rush, who is now married to Alexa Vega of Spy Kids fame. And he doesn't really I, get I, I, any lines, any but... I don't know any of these people. You've never seen the hit movie Spy Kids? I've seen Spy Kids. Yeah, yeah I was but I don't... for sure. <laughs> was she the star? Carmen. The, she plays the, the little girl. Oh, she's the Carmen. Girl. Okay, 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 okay. Continue. Um, yeah. So from this point on, everything in Stella life, in Stella's life, spirals. You know, she she learns that her family's been keeping secrets from her. Um, she learns that her husband is tired of being Prince Charming. You know, he needs to be able to fart in the same room as her. And he doesn't want to light all the candles in their room and listen to Sarah Bareilles while having sex. He's over it. Yeah. She I'm also learns. Like, sorry, I'm just like so caught on. I just have no memory of anyone ever calling her Stella at any point. And I just don't think I ever learned the character's name. 
I mean, that wasn't an important part of the show, clearly. <laughs> yeah, no, you're correct. I, I truly did not believe her name was Stella at all. What if I just no, made that I, up? I, uh, I No, I knew that because her dad calls her Stella Bella at one point, and I was oh. like, wow, this guy, this guy <laughs> would absolutely not be able to please his wife in a way. That <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You, you already <laughs> saw those cracks. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this guy stinks. <laughs> Stella also learns that her brother is, quote, a loser. Everyone keeps calling him a loser, who is currently having an affair with a married woman. And looks um, at multiple married women. He's, like, fucking the entire soccer mom team. He's a cutie. I like him. Yeah. I like yeah. him, too, and yeah, I like big him. Words, big words from the uh, dad who just had his wife leave him, that his son, who is having a very successful love life. I know. <laughs> well, I also love the scene where the sister is trying to, like, do a gotcha, and she's like, did you know that our brother is just fucking a bunch of, of soccer moms, blah, 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 And then she's like, is this true? He's like, yeah. She's like, don't you feel ashamed? He's like, absolutely not. I'm having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> like, who would be ashamed of that? How stupid. Stella learns that her sister hates being a mom. Hilarious. The sister was the worst part. The sister was the most annoying part of the show, in my opinion. I didn't get that character at all. No, um, me either. I, I think she just has issues because when the child swallows the ring, she's mad at her sister. I would be like, bro, your fucking kid just swallowed thousands <laughs> of dollars off of my fucking finger. And that was like, not, that was not a toddler. Baby. That was like a seven-year-old. Yeah, that's <laughs> your kid's fault for being so like slow that she thinks she can swallow a ring. Like you obviously have not taught her, hey, if something is metal and hard as a diamond, maybe don't swallow well, it. Well, also she was mad, but she got the ring down and didn't choke and die. Once the ring's in there, you're not gonna die. Yeah, of course not. And also it's just well, so unbelievable to be mad. <laughs> Wait, do you have a correction? Can you die from swallowing a diamond ring? <laughs> yeah, it depends on the metal. Huh. Uh, well, you can always die. You can perforate your, your bowel. Kids don't eat diamond rings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I ever know. see one, I'll 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 make sure to keep it out of my mouth. But <laughs> I'm just like confused as that right there, that instance of her like yelling at her in the hospital was the only thing I needed to see to be like, oh, you're an irredeemably stupid character in my brain. Well, I think that everyone on the show kind it's of stupid. adores her. Stella is lives such a charmed life and she's so precious and the show is so precious that any character that is mean to her is automatically evil. Yeah, my favorite character is the husband of the, the wife that the brother is sleeping with. <laughs> when, when he punches him? <laughs> he just keeps showing up. That was genuinely good good comedic timing. He just like <laughs> shows up at the end. <laughs> the last truth bomb that Stella learns is that her parents are divorcing and that they're losing the house. So Wait, from this you're missing off, you're missing a huge truth yeah. bomb. Well, yeah. I'm not there yet. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I like that you thought I would just brush past that. No, it's getting <laughs> its own discussion point. Um so from this point on, Stella decides to be a contributing member of society and get a job as a barista. She's going to change her life now. Um, so she's now earning her own money so she doesn't have to live off her parents. And now it's her mission to get her parents back together. And at this point, Stella learns that her mom is gay when she um, walks up on her mom making out with her godmother, Poppy. Who's hot? Uh, <laughs> this was, this was a very exciting moment. 
Oh, they um, both are. Yeah. They both are hot. Yeah, they both are hot. And I felt really cheated that we don't get to see their first, you know, intimate moment. But well, yeah, that was their alluded. first moment. No, but it yeah, but their first was their third. Well, or yes. fourth, right? Yeah, yeah, but but their first intimate moment. Mm. I'm talking right. bedroom time because because the way that she referred to it in the next day conversation was just like we took our intimacy to the next level, and I'm like, okay. And the camera guy didn't think that was important to get. <laughs> like, why why were we not in that room? The fuck? I they do refer to the mom as quote unquote a bi. Yeah, I was several moments in this episode. Yeah. How does that, Which, how does that? I thought that it was okay? funny. I, yeah, what, I mean, what's the question? I guess it's technically correct. It, yeah, it's incorrect, right? Yeah, no, I, no, a, I think it's, she- It's a faux pas. Well, no, to call no. someone a bi? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't think it's offensive. No, no I mean, it's I, a hard, but I also, it's, like, just, it's, it's, it's the word a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like yeah, a yeah, yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's rude, about, yeah. it's rude. But at the same time, but I wouldn't say it's criminal. Grammatically, yeah, okay. it almost makes more sense. <laughs> I'm yeah. a bisexual. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you could calling someone a bisexual. I don't think is offensive. I mean, I would not be offended by that. What would be offensive about that? I've just, but I've never heard. But you know what? I feel like there would be somebody who comes out with like a 40, oh, yeah. 40 reply yeah. long thread. <laughs> That's yes. like why putting A in front of bisexual is actually harmful and oppressive to yes. the community. I mean, is that, it, people- it, Is it actually genocide? <laughs> <laughs> Bisexuals on Twitter are asking for too much, in my opinion. Bisexuals on Twitter ask for so much, but mainly it's just like, hey, believe that we exist. Meanwhile, lesbians on Twitter are like, bisexuals should be killed at the <laughs> and we should never hear from them again. And if you there ever is a say lot of, dyke, we're removing your fucking card. Yeah, there's a there huge... A, yeah, there's a, there is a lot of inter-LGBTQ uh, uh, so much issues love. that I was not privy to until I, I mean, got that up. A lot of it is lesbians versus bisexual women and everybody versus white gay men. It's true. <laughs> which I would have to support. Yeah, I mean, that's a noble war. It's never I'm, I'm just like not about to get online and argue with quote unquote biphobia, but I'm also not like mad that like bisexuals are out here like fighting for our fucking recognition, right? Like I'm fine with it, but yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to do the work. They can know. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to have it. <laughs> I have, I have nothing to offer to the bisexual community. So I'm not going to be out here like, I'm like a guy Trying to be who a arranges, I'm a guy who arranges a hit. I'm just like, just call me when it's done. Like, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. all I want. <laughs> just call me when it's done. But yeah, it was I very- definitely, I definitely heard that in the show and they were just like, no, mom's a bi. And I was like, that doesn't feel, <laughs> that doesn't feel right. That feels... I mean, it, it was definitely <laughs> supposed to be ignorant. Like they were supposed to sound that's, okay. Yeah. Okay, that. okay, yeah. okay, 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 yeah. okay. You know, for I, 2018 CW, they were like, oh, we're really doing the work. I mean, I've oh, never yeah. seen, I, I've never seen like, it, cause it's true. There is not a lot of bisexual representation in the media. I would say yeah, like, there's yeah, not, we don't see cool. a lot of bisexual characters. So I, I for sure was like impressed that this did like a mom, a bisexual mom character. Yeah, the hottest character one could fathom. Maybe <laughs> her, but maybe the godmother Poppy. Yeah, bisexual mom I would say is up there. Yeah, it's like- the On hottest concepts. Beautiful, yeah. 
Um, I mean, that's the lifetime movie. I mean, I, I know, I know, make. I know, I know a lot of videos that explore that, but. <laughs> <laughs> Once again. And that's what makes you such a fucking ally, Tom. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. Jesus. <laughs> Bisexual representation is really huge in my searches. I make sure to represent. <laughs> well, I mean, that is true. I, that, I mean, I will say that porn is one of the biggest sources of bisexual <laughs> representation more that, so than kinda, that well isn't that the problem like <laughs> that it's like sexualized. sexualization yeah for sure yeah yeah which yeah. i'm not i'm not saying that life sentence uh actually deviates from that very much it's like what is it she really like doesn't about poppy yeah. She's just like making out with Poppy and we get it, right? Like we see Poppy and we're like, yeah, same. Like I would also be doing that if I was able, you know? But she but does I say that they're in love. Yeah, she does yeah, say they, that it's mostly emotional, which is nice. That's kind of good. Yeah, but I haven't heard them talk about anything that's not kissing. Like they- <laughs> well, she Jesse, said they're it. not the leads, okay? Well, this is the Lucy Hell having- show. I get it, but they're also like, they don't even pass the Bechtel test themselves. Like, within their own relationship, they don't. I get that they don't have what's to. The, what's but the. It would what's be the nice. Well, sure what's they the do Bechtel, because they, they talk about the Bechtel Stella. Test again? Uh, well, yes, that's true. Um, it's just basically like the Bechtel test has to be there has to be a scene in a movie where two women have a conversation alone and it's like not about a relationship with a man, essentially. It's oh. just literally two women talking about something other than a man. You have to yeah. have to okay. talk. And a lot of movies don't have that at all. Yeah, no, not even close. Yeah. So, I but, believe it. Yeah. But even then, I feel like the majority of their conversations are like, well, my husband is upset, so what do we well, do? I don't like, think they have a lot of conversations at all in the pilot episode. Well, I know, which is what upset me. Anyways. Yeah, well, because you want their show. <laughs> well, I mean, does, yeah. this epi- does this episode pass that test in any way? Uh, I, she and her definitely. sister talk about cancer. Definitely, because <laughs> it's, it's it's a show but about but hey, Stella. Hey, hey, aren't aren't men cancer? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I that still, cinema I class sounds it. really good, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I still got it. <laughs> okay, so so sorry. Okay, so we were at mom. Did we did we miss a a descriptor of anybody of a character? I, I mean, like the, the, the dad is, uh, like, yeah. a hot professor who is, it's the actor from Nip Tuck. And to me, that just kind of seems like yes. a get for the he CW. Is hot, yeah. That just seemed like, oh, you got that guy. But, you know. Have we talked about her hot husband? Not in, no. They met he's in Paris. Hot. He's he hot. Um, but I don't he's nice he to her. Well, this is what I said, because, again, like, I think the hard truth that probably will happen later in the season of this show is simply that some people love marrying terminal people. It's like a fucked up thing that I think some people actually almost legitimately have a fetish for that shit because there are people who have married multiple people who have died immediately and like knew they were going to die because it's such a low commitment. You get to have like such a quick, passionate relationship that's literally life or death and then they die after six months. So think about that being, you know what I mean? Like the, her, her and her husband have only known each other for like, what, three months? Six Is months that? they've been married. Six. six exactly. I, so it's like that's at that point, a six-month relationship is something that you could end and then 
like make fun of with your friends two weeks later like it's like you know what i mean i mean it'll hurt but i don't think it's like a serious amount of time i definitely think well that's the main conflict i definitely think that the show's yeah that the show's main conflict right is going to be she now has to live but nobody was really prepared for her to live including her own husband but i got the sense that he loved her more genuinely than she loved him like I thought it was more yes. the opposite. Like I yes, didn't really think I she agree. I agree. Yeah. I didn't catch a vibe that she super duper loved him. Oh wait, can we discuss the fact that her family went into debt and had to lose the house because she wanted to go to Paris just to fall in love. I mean, I think it also had something to do with the medical bills. Well, yes, but they did pay for yeah, they an apartment yeah, they for her yeah. in Paris. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, they didn't have to do that. (laughs) Well, I think that's that's kind of the the best part of 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 this show, right? Like there are so many of these, you know, young adult novels and adaptations and movies, you know, romanticizing the 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 terminally ill love where you see all of these people do things that would cost, you know, their family so much money. So for someone to have to live with the aftermath of all of that. I mean, it's just her finding out how much her cancer has fucking ruined everybody in her life. After living a charmed life. Yeah. Um, which it, it does, I'm always thinking when watching pilots about season two, three, four, like where does the show go from here? And it's like eventually yeah. they have to, you know, work past that. So I don't know. I mean, I think that in season two, they introduced the plot when they realized that she, in fact, wasn't cured because there is no cure for cancer. <laughs> yeah, do they inevitably get to that point and that doctor loses their job because <laughs> they shouldn't have said that. Actually, the the only other piece of media that, um, well, no, 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 I guess there's, like, Breaking Bad. He, like, thought he was going to die, so he did all this crazy shit, and then yeah. he doesn't die, so then he has to deal with the fallout of that. But also, at the same time, I was thinking about the iconic... 2006 film Last Holiday starring Star- Queen Latifah. Latifah? <laughs> yes. Really good movie. <laughs> Which I think is the perfect foil to this show. of like- Better than Interstellar. <laughs> she this finds is- out she's dying so she lives her final week and then at the end of the week finds out that she wasn't actually dying. That yeah, because she got someone exactly- else's test results. Yes, no, exactly because basically the x-ray machine was broken or some shit was like the explanation in the movie. And they're like, so we thought you had life-threatening cancer, but it was actually just some weird pixels on the screen. <laughs> like something fucked up like that. But I think that... Oh, You'd be surprised, God. man. No, I'm sure. That's what's so crazy yeah. about going to the doctor. Like it could be somebody just accidentally pressed back right before they read your results and it was like somebody else's result. That shit can happen. Like that shit is so scary to me. Yeah, it is operated by humans, which is kind of terrifying. Yeah, that is probably the worst part about it. But also at the same time, computers fuck up all the time. I I can tell you that right now for my 2011 MacBook Pro. This thing could not save a life. It can barely, like, (laughs) stay alive for 40 minutes without being plugged in. Like, it's... Well, my computer is from 2008, and it's running the Zoom call. It's recording. You know? I mean, you... You think it's recording. We'll see if this happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't yeah. don't make that joke because you'll get me stressed. <laughs> I can see the the flashing light. So no, and I, and I see it too. I'm sorry. Anyways, I just wanted to to say that this is somewhat of a common theme, but one that I think is explored differently in this because the finding out that you're not actually going to die is always at the very end of the movie or show, and it's always almost a positive thing. 
So I guess in this example, like Breaking Bad is the only example where there's some consequences. I like the concept mm. of an entire show where your entire life, I think the fact that she had cancer for so long is a huge part of why this family is the way that it is. And they do touch a little bit on that in the dialogue, but like the fact that everybody thought she was going to die for like eight years and not six months, you know what I mean? Because yeah. that's just all grief. Yeah. She's been only, living in this. One of the shows that actually had an interesting premise. Yeah. Yes, agreed. The episode climaxes um, at the party for Stella's doctor, where I think the, I get one of the biggest bombs um, that are dropped is that her sister gave up a writing scholarship to stay home and take care of her, just to kind of show how resentful her sister is and how, just how much these people have kind of given up. Like her sister gave up her dream for yeah. her dying sister. As much as I do find this, the older sister character to be annoying, she is necessary to have there be a character that actively resents the lead for what they sacrificed because of her cancer, as opposed to her parents and her brother that I feel like just love her so much and, and don't have a lot of resentment, despite the fact that she ruined their lives. And then, so Stella walks off and goes to the hospital where she meets Ziggy, a young cancer patient. And um, to me, Ziggy is definitely dying. Um, that's what I got out of that scene is that um, Stella and Ziggy are going to get close. And then episode 12, Ziggy has to die. Um, I mean, I could see, I honestly, unfortunately, could see Ziggy never getting any more screen time. Like I could see her just being a one-off for the one episode. It's true. I choose to believe the show's smarter than that. And would emotionally manipulate us by killing off a child. I mean, um, somebody and, has to die of cancer if it's not going to yes. be Stella. Exactly. And then Stella and her husband have hot, nasty sex in the hospital. In and the children's hospital. In the children's <laughs> hospital. And that's where our pilot ends. They were and in honest, a closet. The right? show was precious. It was that, delightful. It was funny. I would watch it. I, I would yeah, genuinely I sit down why, and watch it. Maybe, maybe the rest of the season just got bad or something but i thought it was a pretty good pilot for what it's worth i just think that this is not a show that can survive in today's riverdale cw mm. you know it's not what the kids want apparently because it's too it's too like focused on family and family issues and being cute yeah as opposed it, to like random cults and strange unexplainable murders and well it, it reminded me of kind of the heyday you know the w the glory of the wb because it, it has the preciousness that i think shows like gilmore girls clearly had where it's just like you know it makes you feel good and it's peppy um so it was exciting to me that the cw would green light a show like this and then of course cancel it yeah. i mean it's too bad that they canceled this lesbian mom couple and gave us like the most insipid and unbelievable lesbian couple on Riverdale imaginable. Ooh, I don't watch Riverdale. What's that? I don't, I don't either don't, because it's don't. bad. It's, it's the worst <laughs> show ever. If you watch literally any clip of it online, you will understand why there is like a group of people who are petitioning to have it removed. It is the worst <laughs> Are you people ever written? I would like if I had more time, I would actively <laughs> canvas outside of the CW to get <laughs> off the air. I think that all the stars of Riverdale should donate their money to the post office <laughs> instead of doing a season of the show. So, unfortunately, we do have to talk about Riverdale because Katie Keene, 
The oh, next oh. and final Lucy Hale show came one year later. You know Lucy Hale loves to work. Um, and Katie Keene is a spinoff of The Cursed Riverdale. Um, it's, it's, it's based on a character from the Archie comics. It was developed by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, yeah. who did Riverdale. Yeah. Yeah, it's oh, a direct this, Riverdale spinoff. This all makes so much sense now. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a really hard time pinpointing what point in time the show took place. <laughs> I know, because sometimes in Lacey's, it feels like it's like... In the 1956. In the, yeah, it's in 1956. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a fun... The fun part about it, I, I like anachronistic. It's not definite. I mean, it's set in the present, but yeah. I liked the vibe. Um, I think that may be the only thing I enjoyed about it. I liked the drag queen. Yes. So the show focuses on four friends. So it, it feels, you know, very much like a modern take on the Sex in the City story, but it's, you know, more diverse and um, bad. So it's four it's friends trying to so, make it in the Big Apple. It's just so comically offensive how everything just goes so well for them. And they're, and they're just completely, just, they just keep complaining about how everything is going badly for them. And everything is going awesome for all of them. That bitch moved to New York and the first day got a, a, a like, a, a record, a record deal. Or at the very least, yeah. yeah, least discovered by a rich guy who's now her boyfriend. I know. It's like, oh, who's hot? no. The, her, their record label just so happened to not want to take her. But then you also think about, okay, so I'm now dating a billionaire like does it really matter that she was so, used her jesse he she was her. so she was so inappropriately angry about her, his family not wanting to sign her <laughs> yeah. she was so mad about it i'm like what did you expect you moved to new york yesterday i mean yeah, hot take, she's not good at singing oh my god she's so bad at singing she so, is so bad while we're here we just have to talk about josie so josie is who the, the main character off riverdale i guess she gets on a bus one episode of Riverdale and comes well, to New York and that's, that's the, the opening thing of the show. It's a Riverdale spinoff and it's Josie from Riverdale but they didn't even give her her own show. She is in fact a supporting character on the show that she's yeah, spun off. No, but it, but it is because genuinely she's not a great actor and she can't carry a show. Well, and I understand me, that they had to bring in Lucy Hale for this. Like you guys were talking about she's not a great actor and she's a decent I singer. Better, I think she's a better actor than she is a singer. Agreed. Well, the thing is, like, either she give me a phenomenal actor who can kind of barely sing, or give me an incredible mm -hmm. singer who just, you know, can fade in the background during the big acting moments. Yeah, yeah. and they, she's neither. She's she's mediocre at both things. Well, and unfortunately, they've had enough time to figure this out because she does a lot of singing on Riverdale. Yeah, because Riverdale has like tons of musical episodes. Apparently, I will like, say who is she blackmailing? <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing it's like i don't even think it's that her voice is offensively bad no it's i don't like, think it is no it's worse than that because it's so boring it is like so plainly like she is doing the bare minimum by just hitting notes and there's no style to it at all it's like a disney radio you know what i that, mean like it's so I would bad on the head with that i don't think that she's a bad singer by any means i just don't think that her voice is unique enough and At it all. makes sense that when when his family doesn't want to sign her it's because I get she it. doesn't have that extra it factor mm -mm, not at all no. but I, I would be fine with her singing if everyone would just stop pretending that she is also what was the deal with that record incredible. company it was like an all-black record label and then like the oldest whitest man 
had voting power also. There was like just one out of place, like <laughs> robber baron type old guy. <laughs> there always has to be an old white man. Yes, of course. But it was just like, it, like, it like would have made more sense as like an all black music label. <laughs> it's just like, they all- I like, know. You're thinking too much about the details. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you're, you're, you're literally thinking as if the show was like planned out in any way, shape or form. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. And the best actor is the uh, is the the uh, drag queen guy. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, Correct. that's so, the best actor. Katie Keen, the show opens up on the Lucy Hale character, Katie, who is a fashionista designer um, and wants to follow her mom's dream of having her clothes sold at Lacey, a boutique department store. And she's currently working there as an assistant, but is up for a big promotion as a personal shopper. Um, I wrote that her life is perfect and she's dating a hot guy with tattoos who wants to be a boxer. I think that he may have also, he's, I, I thought he's that he Riverdale. was on Riverdale too, yeah. Isn't he the, until you've experienced the epic highs and lows of high school football, you'll never <laughs> understand. Um, Jesse, you're no. revealing yourself? I you're exposing yourself? No, I've just, I've just seen that one scene. It's all over Twitter all the time. I'm I don't think like, that's him because I feel like they would have mentioned if this character had like gone to high school in Riverdale because that's Josie's whole thing is that she comes from Riverdale. But oh, got it. I don't know. I just, he just looked so familiar, but I guess he just is that like traditional meathead look. Yeah, she was like Riverdale, murder capital of the world. Is that true in the show? <laughs> I guess is it, it also is. Well, like, no, uh, but I think there's a, one of the seasons of the show centers around a serial killer who's one of their oh, dads. Wow. But that's the kind what? of pattern on Riverdale too, is that all of the bad stuff ends up being committed by the main character's fathers, <laughs> which is maybe the only thing I appreciate about the show. Yeah, because the kids are infallible. Like, it's just <laughs> nothing could ever be wrong with them except for all of their acting skills. And all of their dads are deeply evil. Yeah, which means they must be totally perfect and normal and fine. <laughs> that definitely didn't affect them growing up with serial killers at all. Well, uh, the, the, the main problem with Riverdale, right, it's a campy show, but it thinks that it's better than it is. So it has these weird, like, dramatic moments. And it's like, that's not what we came for. It's trying to give us Dawson's Creek level dialogue, and it's just missing the mark so utterly. So Josie's moving in with Katie and their other roommate, Jorge, who is a Broadway performer who wants to make it big under his drag persona, Ginger Lopez. Um, Great name. We, he auditions for a show and it's a really obvious um, nod to A Chorus Line, one of my favorite musicals. Um, but then the casting director is really mean to him. Jorge then auditions again as Ginger Lopez, once again, doesn't make it and then you bows world domination yeah casting director looks exactly like steven Spiel spielberg i thought the same thing i was like wait <laughs> he does yeah we're introduced to their fourth friend named pepper who is a socialite that i don't fucking trust I'm unsure what this show is trying to tell me about her because well, everything that she says sounds like a lie to me. And I was waiting for like the episode to finish on a clip of her like living in Brooklyn and being really poor or something. I mean, unfortunately, like you have the right idea by making her a con woman. But I think that this show was just trying to set her up as like comic relief. We're supposed to laugh at her amazing connections and her constant name dropping instead of finding it to be false and annoying. 
Um, it's just like, if she had this many connections, then why, then sh shouldn't she be helping all of her friends? I don't know. <laughs> she seems to be kind of useless and all her friends seem to be complaining and she doesn't do anything. Not that you have to fix other people's lives, you know, but it's like, step it up, Pepper. Well, yeah, I mean, I just think in general too, anybody who, well, I know that she didn't describe herself as this, but anybody that's described as like the most well-connected person ever, and then she's like, yes, that's right, I can get you to meet anybody, is like, I just call immediate bullshit. Like, extremely well-connected people usually don't ever say that out loud because they know they'll be taken advantage of. And they probably tell their closest friends, hey, don't be a fucking idiot and tell your brand new friend who just moved here that I can, like, make her career happen. Because that's fucking, like, that's work. Like, why would I tell anybody that? That's so stupid. I just feel like people in general, if they, if all they talk about is how well-connected they are, they're usually like, okay, let's allude to the show You with 40 Quinn, right? Like he can, he claims to be like this extremely well-connected person, but then everybody in Hollywood, yes, they all know him, but they hate him and like think he's slimy and stupid and like a fuck up. So it's like, I feel like she probably is the same way. We haven't seen that character interact with anybody else of note. You know what I the mean? thing about Katie Keene, it's an awful show, but I do, there, there is an element about it that it's like, okay, so, I do have to stay up for the next three nights, wake up at 3 a.m. and secretly watch this show because it like, <laughs> there's something so unreal about it that I have to unlock. Um, Josie, her, her main plot this episode, she meets a busker on the street, takes over this girl's song, and then is given the opportunity to Which present is incredibly her music rude. to a label. She sings a bad cover of Cut to the Feeling by Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, and it's so bad. Um, it's so bad. And then it's just like, at the end, happy to be in New York, no matter what happens. But also, yeah, I did think it was offensive that the guy was just like, I can't believe I just discovered you. Meanwhile, the busker who's been working so hard <laughs> yeah. is, is easily a 10 times better singer than her. Like, just gets totally ignored. Yeah, he <laughs> just like throws a penny at her. <laughs> it's what happens <laughs> on Washington Square, you know? Yeah, so, there was, there's, there's a lot of, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's too New York-centric of a, of a show, which I didn't appreciate as a Bostonian. Yeah. When they're just walk. like, there's like, where'd you find her? Central Park? Something <laughs> other park? Oh, I see. Washington, Washington Square. <laughs> like, I don't know this. <laughs> and all the New Yorkers are like, oh my God, so true. What like, if this show so took place in Boston and instead of working at Lacey's, she worked at the Prudential Center? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> That would be funny. <laughs> Wait, actually, the entire show would become she so funny. She works at the cell phone kiosk. <laughs> yeah. The entire show would be so funny if it was hinged on her being like, I need to stay employed at the Prue. It would actually be <laughs> and she wants to design there. phone cases. Yeah. <laughs> she bedazzles phone cases as a hobby. Or she works I, at Earl's. I will say that's, I think that's, that's part of the reason why I enjoyed Life Sentence and other shows like it. Like, most shows, if if the first thing that I learn is that it's either set in LA or California or it's set in New York City, it's immediately like eye roll. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah. I get it. We've been here. Take me somewhere yeah. new. Right. 
I also like how like if, if the, the boyfriend wants to be a boxer, he can only go to Philly. <laughs> like he, he has to go to Rocky's home. Yeah, like as <laughs> if New York City does not have Doesn't plenty have a ton of, of gyms. Of boxers. <laughs> like what the fuck? Yeah. So that is the that's I would say one of the biggest conflicts of the episode. And unfortunately yeah. it's a dud, you know. Does Katie Keene want to go with her hot boyfriend to Philadelphia, or does she want to stick it out and try to make it as a well, fashion designer in New York City? It's also such a stupid plot point for an episode because obviously all of us watching know that she's not going to pick up and move to Philadelphia when this yeah. show is clearly about New York City. Right. And, and like, oh my God, the cheesiest line is Josie sitting at a club with them and going, is this what it's like every night? And you're like, girl, have you never been out at all? Like you've never been to a bar? Like just, it was like really crazy for her to be like, oh my God, somebody's on a stage and they're performing and we're drinking alcohol. Is this New York? You like, can, in fact, party seven days yes. a week in any town. It's Look, crazy. I get it. I also am overwhelmed by overlit clubs with a lot of dancing space. <laughs> I will say, I think this, I, will, I did have this thought when I was watching this show, is that this show is actively dangerous in the fact that it, it glorifies uh, following your dreams. Which is something... <laughs> Which is something that I believe that like 99.9% of the population should not do. They should find something to be productive in a way that helps other people. And you know, it's not gonna be being a superstar. Me and Abby were actually talking about this. We recently made a really great playlist about fictional pop music. And there were so many shows when we were adolescents on Disney Channel and Nickelodeon. So much media just about how great it is to be famous and it's like oh my god it's like is hannah montana responsible for this tiktok generation that's what i'm saying yeah i mean i definitely think our generation more than any previous like and and now now gen z after us like worships fame yeah and is told that they are talented enough that they have the star power and that everybody can and should get famous yeah it's like someone needs to tell josie the truth yeah Somebody yeah. needs to tell Josie the truth. Somebody needs to tell 90% of the people at Emerson Literally, College the truth. <laughs> I mean, literally, literally, literally the, the drag queen kid gets told the truth publicly twice. And yeah. he's just like, no, I'm, I'm still going to be famous. Yeah, here's, <laughs> just, here's what like, I Here's someone whose job it is to cast a show <laughs> saying that you aren't good enough to be in this show. Well, uh, this is what I will say about that whole thing is I think the first... Um, the first rejection hit the nail on the head in terms of like, I don't know what the show is about or what it is, but like, it's just like clearly being partially homophobic when he says, I just need somebody who's tougher looking. But, and, and that's framed as like such a horrible thing and such a horrible moment. But at the same time, it's like, that's just acting. Like if you don't fit the part, you don't. That To me, that would be like in any other role of anything if a casting director is like okay i need somebody with this energy then he has mm. to find somebody with that with energy. that energy exactly yeah. so, no, so to I thought me, that was, yeah and, I but know. i did like the concept of him being like okay well then i'm just gonna come as my own completely different character that seems like a better thing for me but then you actually see him dance and you're just like yeah, you're not incredible. Like nobody on the you're show not that is incredible. Good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not even show stopping. You look really good. Yeah. I mean, it is just that, it, yeah. great. It is that that just kind of dangerous message that having any amount of talent 
makes you deserving of fame and success yeah. and that people and that people should hand you opportunities i thought it was gonna i mean that's i thought that was the most interesting little subplot of the episode because it is like a tough like he's in a tough like typecasted mm-hmm, type mm-hmm. of person where you can only play very specific roles that does suck probably as someone who just like wants to work as an actor but i don't know i just think in general the whole vibe of like never give up like people should give up on their dreams that's <laughs> like that's I mean, kind of my point it's like you should you should like like what are you gonna do when you're like 60 and you have you've done nothing productive with your life be us i guess, well, <laughs> I guess. go every... on survivor <laughs> yeah that, yeah, that felt really targeted tom <laughs> no, no. <laughs> But, but okay. at the same time, I mean, am I chasing my dreams? Yes. Am I miserable? Yes. Should I give up? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't think you're wrong at all. I think there's like a lot of people who do need to be told. At the same time, it's like, it's, it's totally chill to just be like, no, I don't want to be famous. I just want to like be able to make a living doing something adjacent to this. But the point of that show, which is the worst part, is that isn't what they're saying. Yeah, no, they're like, I have to be famous. Yeah, Yeah. you have to give up everything in order to be the number one Broadway star, the number one A-list fucking clothes designer, a a singer with a multi-album record deal. Like, that's one of those things where it's like, okay, also, y'all are like 20 years old, so let's just get that back. I mean, I do think... I do think that that's the point that you're hitting on. It's it's not really that the problem is chasing your dreams. It's the problem with, is, is your dream to be ultra rich mega famous superstar mm-hmm. with moderate talent but <laughs> beloved by all that then you know if that's your dream perhaps you need get to get on tiktok yeah get on tiktok <laughs> get, get on i have TikTok, a tiktok friend. do you do you make tiktoks yeah. no you do? i just i just i watch the videos I was on TikTok and I was deeply enjoying it, but then I got an Android and decided that it was a sign that I should give up on on TikTok. So I, I have, but I just yeah. think, and this is, I mean, I, this has always been a belief of mine about TikTok, and I don't know how to say this without offending Abby because I know she loves it so much, and I also hope that you understand that what I'm about to say next obviously does not apply to you. Well, I'm no longer on TikTok, so you can't no, even really offend I know. me. I know, but I am just saying, like, I feel like somebody who is over the age of 19 and actively on TikTok just like kind of has to be a pedophile. And I mean, maybe <laughs> Tom is the person you're offending mm. here. As no, no, I am 25. <laughs> no, it's TikTok well, I just is weird because to... it's, it is like, you, people get so messy on it. These like kids who are younger than me are just like airing all of their private grievances with anybody like right. publicly. It's like Twitter on steroids. And it's yes, just kind of like, like it's like watching videos. a car accident. And yeah, there, there like are like, there are very much adults on TikTok and based on what videos you like, they show you more of that. So I was not watching TikToks by many teenagers or high schoolers. No, I, I, I know that. I just mean that one time I was on TikTok because I was, because I don't have a TikTok, but I had, yeah. I was on Twitter and there was a TikTok video. I clicked on it and when you're on a video, it'll let you see the next video, even if you don't have an account. Like yeah. it'll let you, whatever. So I had clicked on a video through Twitter and then I scrolled for like 10 seconds. And in that time, I saw the most half-clothed teenagers I've ever seen in my life. And I was just like, bro, if you are on this app, you have to be a little bit of a pedophile. Like, okay, well, well, okay. Hours, no, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it is so much of just like 
it's basically um what's that show dance moms or like the ones yes. where the little kids are in the yeah. pageant yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's literally well, the, that wait, show but the, for 14 year olds what was well, the netflix like show that 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 came out like the one that was like had like the kids twerking in my trance. gosh i don't think oh. it's out yet no, it's it's called Cuties or something, and everybody fails to mention that that is a French art house film. I don't know how that did not make it into the description. That's terrifying. <laughs> but it's a French movie, and all French people do is like severely fucking sexualize eleven year old children. If watch, yeah, if you watch any art house French movie from the past forty years, there will be an example of that. Like it is not surprising at all. But at the same time, I think it was directed or written by a black woman and i think a lot of people uh like netflix when they brought it to the u.s to to market it they marketed it as like a fucking shake it up you know what i mean like something yeah crazy. that, that when, wasn't the move that was when the, the move. real <laughs> movie apparently makes a huge commentary on making like it, children yeah. dance in like yeah almost no clothing like that's what the movie's about apparently yeah but you know what? Leave it to American Netflix to just completely misconstrue I know, <laughs> the marketing. I know. I know. So I don't know. Sorry, we're off topic. But back we're to allowed to go off topic. This is a uh, this is our relaxed mini sode. So well, just to yeah. bring it back to our final my my final thought on Katie Keene is that I I found that Lucy Hale gave more to the role than the writers did. I feel like. Mm-hmm. There, there was, I, I, I find her to be likable. I find her to be sincere. And She's charming. She is charming. So I just, or the dialogue coming out of her mouth was often um, painful. But if you muted it and just looked into her eyes, there was something there. <laughs> She's also 31 years old. Like, I would not be opposed to seeing her play a little bit of a more mature character at some point. I think she needs to oh, oh, stop being on CW shows. I was yeah. uh, I was upset uh, that she was playing an Irish person as not an Irish person. <laughs> Is she supposed to be Irish to in that show? Yeah, Katie Keene. Keene's yes. Keene's oh, Irish. Right, 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 right. Yeah, very we offended. We need more. We need more authentic. Do Irish we know for sure yeah, that Lucy do. Hale has no Irish heritage? I would. I would. That's bet a good it. question. I'll just no. say Lucy, Lucy, Lucy Hale, Irish. Because you know, I don't think people Nothing. peg me as an Irishman, but the blood flows she, through my veins. She is white. That's what it says. She's white. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> so there you go. All white people are Irish in some way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think she's oh. Irish or American. Wait, wait, wait. So, so yeah, Julie Knight and Preston Hale. She has a stepsister named Kirby, like spelled like Kirby. Like the video uh, but, game? <laughs> yes, but she has an older sister named Maggie. So that sounds kind of Irish. Irish. <laughs> well, no, she's from she's from Memphis, so no. Oh yeah, no way. Yeah, we didn't go that far south. A stepbrother named Wes. So her mother is a registered nurse. Wow, I could sense that. I felt nurse that very energy. interesting. Why she's so nurturing. Very interesting. So to yeah. round us out, I would Tom. I'd love to know how you would rank these shows in terms of the most deserving of getting canceled and the least deserving of getting canceled. Oh, okay. I think um, least is a, a life sentence because I do agree that I don't see how that could. I don't see the the arc like the the five season run that that could go on. You know what I mean? 
because you kind of like shoo through the 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 conflicts pretty quickly which is like you, unless you she gets that. cancer again yeah which is obviously a good season two season three <laughs> uh thing but i found it to be the most interesting premise of the shows i think um most deserving of getting canceled probably privileged um but in your heart of hearts do you want to say bionic woman yes i want to say it but i could see how that could be interesting for at least a couple seasons and people would watch it but privileged i don't who know who that show was for i don't know what for it was me, saying it was for extremely <laughs> drunk jesse that's who that show was created for <laughs> but that's yeah that's probably that's probably how i i call it jesse um i would say most deserving of getting canceled is probably Katie Keene. Although the one thing I will say about Katie Keene is that it looks very nice. It's shot very it well. The color palette is great. It like had way too big of a budget for it. Like they should have taken half of that money and funneled it into getting a better screenwriter. Like yeah. <laughs> that would have probably helped it out. Um, so that was probably most deserving. Least deserving... I would probably also say life sentence, but at the same time, I do also have a special place in my heart for Bionic Woman because I think it would have been, I just think it would have been such a cool concept if the dialogue was better. And it had so many like, experienced seasoned people behind it. It just makes no sense that it came out that bad. But Well, you know, Jesse, I'm pretty sure that one of the people who, someone who worked on Bionic Woman also was behind Birds of Prey. So there you go. Show. Wait, wait, the, the TV show or the movie? Yes. Wait, which one? The TV the show? The TV show. Uh, well, then that actually makes sense because the only good part of that TV show is Aaron Paul's four-second cameo. But <laughs> <laughs> he, like, literally is in it for eight seconds. And I'm like, hey, that's Aaron Paul. Um, but, yeah, that's that's probably my ranking. And then, of course, uh, Privilege is second for least deserving of being canceled. Because I love I that you had to throw that in there. It just had to be said, uh, since it's getting so much fucking hate on this podcast. Look, <laughs> I, I hope that the next time you come on, we can talk a little about your journey with privileged. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll we'll have some we'll splice in some high ass footage of me just like talking shit about it. <laughs> um, but y'all, what about you? Yeah, what about you guys? I would say least deserving of getting canceled, life sentence. I would rank it life sentence, privileged, bionic woman, because I thought it was abysmal, and then Katie Keene. <laughs> I, I would say Katie Keene is the most deserving of getting canceled, mm. but I would say bionic woman also for me. I mean, I like, I, I like genuinely enjoy sci-fi. So I don't think that bionic woman is maybe the worst show ever made, but the dialogue was so egregious to me that I just can't, I just can't give it points, even if Privileged was arguably a worse show. I don't I know. Think for me, I, I felt more rage, more like TV rage watching Privileged, mm. but I felt kind of nothing watching Katie Keene. <laughs> so I don't know where that leaves me. I guess that, that leaves mm. me with the, 
with with Katie Keene being the most deserving I of mean, getting canceled. The thing with Katie Keene is that not only do I think it's a bad show, but I also think it's actively bad for society for it to exist. Yeah. Well, okay, so I the best part it. I talked the, the dream thing. Yeah. yeah. Of all your dreams. The it's just morally about... like ethically offensive to me in addition to also just being bad writing. Yeah. The best about all of this is Lucy Hale of course has now been on four canceled shows. But, but after after the cancellation of Katie Keene, she did an Instagram live where she tearfully said that this one hurt. I think that she should have done that for life sentence. I'm, I'm surprised she didn't cry over that show as it was very much a better show. So, but, you know, you, we don't have to love it as long as Lucy loves it. I mean, I really do think Lucy Hale is is talented and worthwhile and I enjoy her in horror movies. I think that, yeah, she needs a break from TV. You know, we, we've seen her. So I think she's a film actor now. So why is she still <laughs> trying to do network okay, television? Okay, okay, so the next the next movie that she's in is, is Big Gold Brick. That sounds really <laughs> good. Which is an It's kind of like American... an uncut gems. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, look at this cast. With okay. her and Adam Sandler's hold on, role. Hold on, hold on. Is an upcoming American dark comedy film directed by... Brian Pestos in his uh, bio, uh, directorial debut. It stars Emery Cohen, Andy Garcia, Megan Fox, Lucy <gasps> Hale. Oh my God. And, and Oscar Isaacs. Oh Holy God. shit. <laughs> Hell yes, Lucy cast. Hale. Lucy oh Hale coming God. for all of our throats. Do you have feelings and thoughts about, about Megan Fox, Tom? <laughs> oh man, yeah. I was a big fan of hers at, at a certain point in my life. Um, <laughs> I uh, she she's had a tough career. Yeah, because Michael Bay fucking ruined her life. Yeah, I yeah I feel really bad for her. I think she had a. People have said such terrible terrible things about her in the industry, well, and she's Michael Bay spread all these rumors. Yeah, about yeah and she's Michael genuinely Bay. a good actor in addition to being a good person. Yeah, a good I mean, person. I feel, yeah. I feel really. I actually, I genuinely feel really bad for her because I think she's pretty talented. I hope she this is, is her comeback movie. She's really funny, and I will say that during these dark times, I have found myself just watching her and Diablo Cody talk about Jennifer's body. Mm-hmm. The, the 10-year anniversary video, it's like a 30-minute long interview, and I have put it on multiple times just it's, to soothe my soul. It's Megan Fox's favorite movie that she's ever made, which I think is of awesome. Course. It's a great movie. It's well, a really I'm good movie, and she's fantastic sense. in it. Well, I love I'm excited, I'm, I'm excited to see her and Lucy Hale and Andy Garcia shares. Duke it out. Yeah. With and Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Isaac. That's crazy. In I a dark could, comedy. It sounds good. Guy. I could be that guy. Has it already <laughs> been filmed? Uh, I think so. They said principal photography started in May 2019 in Toronto. Oh, awesome. Great. So they probably wrapped before COVID. So we're actually going to get to see that movie. Damn. That was Sweet. Thank God that, you know, we took this time to really talk about one of the... <laughs> most deserving actors of our generation yeah i just i just know like we are mocking the shows because they're bad shows but i just want to end on the note of respect for lucy hale yes for sure we have to respect her because at the very least we have to respect the fact that she's been in so much and, and she's not a quitter yeah she, she works every yeah, single she year she's just constantly in a new thing and several yeah. movies in addition to her constant television appearances such as another cinderella story once upon a song (laughs) she does have a country album as well 
I was going to oh, say no. one last thought about Katie Keene is just that I think the reason why she was like, this one really hurts is think about Lucy Hale's life. Uh, Katie Keene is probably like the closest thing to Lucy Hale's life that exists. Like, it's just like hanging out with a bunch of performers in New York City or whatever the fuck. That's probably like closer than any other show that she's done. You're telling me she's never had cancer? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> she's not no, a hacker? I just mean in general that like if your biggest dream is like, oh, I got this promotion instead of this promotion. Like if that's like your biggest problem, I mean, that was probably, yeah. it, it was very relatable to her. And it was yeah, just like. She, uh, she's a co-host of uh, Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, she yes. is. Whoa, Our girl yeah, loves to work. That's a good a gig. Yeah, she's extremely busy. Also insane that she And dating a bachelor can uh, a bachelor. The bachelor. Formerly. 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 Yeah, supposedly. Yeah. Um Hale has looked exactly the same since the first season of Pretty Little Liars. That's actually Oh yeah, she's she's aging. She's aging great. She's in her thirties. Beautifully. Yeah, yeah, she looks great. Yeah, she looks really good. Uh, well, I look forward to many more Lucy Hale shows, many more Lucy Hale yeah, Which is how I know movies. she's not Irish. <laughs> because she's not aging like a potato Irish in the sun? People age, age, Irish people age horrifically. Well, we age so bad. But Italians age like a fine wine, so. Yeah, which is what I'm holding on to. Yeah, me as well. <laughs> Do you, you guys, guys have, have anything, anything you want to plug? Promo? Uh, don't don't look me up at all. Yeah, don't follow me. Don't list this under my real name. I don't know. That's that's what I gotta plug. <laughs> do you want it. me? Do you want me to beep out your last name? Because I will. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. I would yeah. Like Wait, that, that would we... happen a million times. We went on you to can... my other page. Yeah, I, uh, I can yeah, get rid of it. Do that. Yeah. No, go in there, and also, you know, if you're listening over to this, just you know, if you want to clean anything else up, feel free. I, you're <laughs> not going to say anything gonna, embarrassing. You're not going to look bad, but I will remove your last name. For sure. Cool. Hell yeah. I, I love that. You're a good friend. But people are going to know you're Irish. And there's oh, only fine. so many Irish last names. Well, they can yeah, guess. So many Irish Toms in Boston. <laughs> um, I have something to actually plug, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? My, my, my new comedy troupe out here, we do a little podcast called Long yeah, I've listened Live to that. Bitch. It's really good. Oh, really? Thanks. Yeah, I, I did. I listened to it. I think it's just fun because it's like just sketches. What's it called again? Say it clearly for everyone. It's called Long Live King Bitch. I came up with the (laughs) name. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we have new episodes every Wednesday, which is crazy because how many sketches can a bunch of strung out early 20s people write in a week? But we do it and it's fun. And uh, yeah, watch, uh, listen to it if you like hearing like horrible accents and just bad voices. Yeah, like but, it's, but they're the funny. They're funny. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. I'm excited. I haven't listened to it yet. All right, I'm going to stop yeah. recording. Everyone All can right. say goodbye. 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 Thank you guys for having me on. <laughs>